Grammy-nominated singer, rapper, and songwriter, Post Malone. Take me home. Only on today's Howard Stern Show. Hey now, what is going on with this uh, Jada Pinkett Smith? I, uh, we had her on the show years ago, and I was, uh, you know, I think she's an attractive, when I say attractive, I mean a sexy, attractive woman. I mean, I was all charged up. I you used were to watch enamored. Her. Oh, yeah. But man, oh man, is she acting wacky she's or what? I mean, she's a handful. She's a handful. <laughs> no wonder Will Smith's going to Bluey. I mean, I, you know. I don't like to blame someone else for others' behavior, but I mean, you know, this is a guy. Will Smith is a guy who really has one of the biggest careers in Hollywood. You think about, here's a kid, he's a rapper, you know, he had a couple of hits as a rapper, which is a miracle. I mean, a guy from Philadelphia to have a couple of hits, and then he goes on TV, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is a huge hit. Then... Most people who do Fresh Prince of Bel-Air would have been typecast. You you know, that's it. It's over. You know, uh, hey, you Maybe you do another TV show or something. Right. Maybe uh, now that there's streaming services, you get to do, uh, you know, Fresh Prince get, again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it was Fresh Prince. Then he went to uh, Bad Boys, Independence Day, Men in Black, one of the greatest franchises of all time. You talk about a career. Uh, geez, I mean, it doesn't... And then all of the movies in between that are not part of a series that will go on and yeah. on and on. I mean, a tremendous career, and I was listening to her on the uh, Today Show. She's got a book out, Jada Pinkett Smith. She should have come here. I would have said, what's going on with you? I mean, she's she's just obliterating You this think guy. you can talk her out of this? <laughs> well, it's a... I mean, where, where, where is he in all of this? I mean, like, does he well, ever sit he her has... down... He has made a statement. What did he say? And he said her book woke him up. Woke him up? Yes. And I said to myself, does that mean he didn't know he's been separated for seven years? Well, what then she did a real thinking? wacky thing. She went on the Today Show and basically sat there and complimented herself almost every sentence. I'll, I'll play you some clips. It was interesting how she's the hero of her own story. And then... um and then the follow, I guess she came on the following week to tell everyone that her marriage is fine, that everything she said there. And Hoda goes, wait a second. What are you talking about? And she goes, well, you wouldn't let me tell you that, you know, now we're better than ever or we're working on things. And it's like, you know, look, I'm in a marriage. I said, will somebody rescue Will Smith is what I say. <laughs> I, don't, I think he's being held hostage. Can you imagine if um, Jada, instead of marrying Will Smith, and marry OJ? I don't think. Well, I don't think we'd be reading any book. Where's Where's Jada? <laughs> OJ would have been glad to get rid of her. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Where Where is she? I haven't seen her in days. <laughs> Oh, my God. This guy, like, if I had the career, like, I've got a nice career. Don't get me wrong. Everything's fine. If my wife was running around writing books how we haven't been together for six years, and then the next day, next week, it's, no, no, we're working on things. And I mean, what is Will Smith doing that's troubling this woman so much? 
uh, being successful, I think. Yeah. You know how you words, talk about people who sometimes don't want to be successful? Yeah. Mm. She's just trying to blow up this guy's life, I think. Now, again, I mean... I, I got to play these clips. I'm listening to these clips. I'm like, what? What? What's her mission? They don't need the money, but it seems like like they even introduce her as not as an actress anymore. She's she's host of the Red Table, which is some sort of um, podcast. I which thought that now was gone. I don't know, but everyone has a podcast now. There isn't anyone. I, I hate being in radio. I used to be prestigious to a degree to have a radio show. You were special. Now every I meet people like who live like my neighbors have. Radio oh, yeah. shows. They go, they go you're still. People. They'll say to me, you still in radio? I go, yeah, of course. They go, yeah, but me too. I, 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 I broadcast out of my house, my kitchen. I, I go, well, who hears this thing? What's the difference, I guess? But, uh, she became a podcaster, which is, oh, uh, is difficult. Maybe because it was on FaceTime, Facebook. Or Facebook Live before, and now it's a podcast. Now it's a podcast, but, but whatever, it's, you know, having a radio show is no longer, to me, I'm glad I'm at the end of my career. I mean, I, I, I would hate to be starting out now. I mean, I'd say, yeah, what my dream you, is to be how on. How do you start? Yeah. My dream is to be on the radio. Go, why is that your dream? You could just stick a microphone in your kitchen. <laughs> it's like a, it's a nightmare. Oh, I think what, what social media has done is brilliant and it's fabulous, but also horrific if you want to be an entertainer. Musicians can't sell records. Radio guys I know can't get work. Uh, you know, the idea of the deep voice radio announcer who plays music is dying. Everything, everything has changed. Everything has changed. And what they say once AI starts, forget it. What they're say, I saw a report on 60 Minutes where the, the dude who invented AI was on and he said, listen, we're going to be, we used to be the smartest species on the planet. We're going to be second now to AI. Yeah. In other words, they, they, we're going to create a whole new category, and we're going to be like farm animals compared to AI. Well, but, now, but they are there to help us, those of those smart machines. Well, the bargain is they'll cure cancer, but we're going to, they're probably going to eat us. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need food, Howard. Oh, you know, they might need something. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean... I meet people now, everyone's in radio. And uh having a podcast is or being on the radio is as unique as having a refrigerator. I'm embarrassed to say I'm on the radio. <laughs> yeah. What kind of you career have a is that? Washer too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like yeah. Oh, so you stay home and talk into a microphone? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I know. I uh, you know, I was doing something the other week. And and the people were questioning my. Do you have a setup? Do you have a sound room? And I was yeah. Like, everyone has one. Oh my goodness! That that's become like a staple of yeah. people's uh, surroundings. They they're supposed to have a sound room. Yeah, you, you can turn your bedroom into a broadcast center. You just have to go like get the nerve to go to a radio station and perform. Uh, but the mystery's been taken out of radio too. Every studio is on video. There was an importance, an exclusivity, but now, you know. But anyway, enough of my bitching about my miserable uh, situation. I, I, um, I still love to look in the background when people do that because sometimes you see their bed, or you yeah. know, they don't have a lot of room to set these things up. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, 
here's Jada. Jeez, I tell you, it's kind of crazy. Oh, by the way, uh, Post Malone is coming in today. I should mention that. He'll be in at 9. Get to talk to him. Got some new music out. He's going to perform, bringing in a choir. It's going to be awesome. Wow. Stay tuned for that. choir. That's special. choir. Yeah, one of his new songs. He's got a whole choir behind him. Uh, All right, let me get to this Jada stuff. So, so... I found it fascinating. I was completely consumed with oh, it. Oh, I was completely consumed with it all weekend. I read everything I could possibly read about it. <laughs> Takes your mind off Israel, the Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, because uh, there's a war you know. going on in the Smith House. <laughs> yeah, this war is way interesting. <laughs> uh, so anyway, she's got a new memoir out. And Hoda Kotby, which I still can't believe her last name has no vowels in it. I mean, the O, I know, but... but there Kotby, is an O, yeah. Hoda, yeah. K-T. K-O-T-B. Kotb. That doesn't seem right. That seems well, like Kot. she's not... And the B should... uh, what? You think the O... Well, K-O-T-B and the K- does not spell anything. It's not Kotb, <laughs> it's Kot with a silent B. If it's Kotb, it should be K- <laughs> K-O-T-B-E-E, Kotb. Well, but anyway, comb is uh, C-O-M-B, and you don't say the B. <laughs> right. So how is Kotby, K-O-T-B? But okay, go with it. Hoda interviewed Jada for an hour-long special that'll air yeah, Friday night. An hour. An hour. Yeah, they dragged it on for an hour. You know how they do that on TV. They interview you, then they chop it up, and then they, they add in stuff they don't want to bring up during the interview. Ah, yeah, that's a move. Yeah, that's what Barbara Walters used to do. She started that. She'd interview someone, and you'd think, wow, she really asked the tough questions. No, she didn't. She sat there, did a nice interview, and then they would add in all the bullshit after, after, <laughs> afterward. You know, I never thought of it that way. It's absolute. So it's technique. <laughs> um, so today's show host, Hoda Kotby, interviewed uh, Jada for an hour-long special Friday night. Jada's story. And, of course, what did she talk about? She talked a lot about her relationship with Will Smith. This poor bastard worked his ass off, hit the Hollywood lottery, and she's just busy making him look like a dick. They kicked off the interview by revealing that Jada and Will Smith have been separated since 2016. What's that about? Now, could you really think two Hollywood people would be separated for seven (laughs) years and stay married? What the fuck? Why? Why are you separated since 2000? Why is it a secret? What? What is going on here? You and Will decide. I like how Hoda talks real slow, too. That's really cool. I'm going to start doing that. That's when you. you're in her favor. You know, you're on her side. Yeah. Right. When right. you talk slowly. You. <laughs> when I talk to Post Malone later, I'm going to be like, Post. You. <laughs> You and Will decided that you were going to live completely separate lives. Yes. It was not a divorce. She saw it. She's like, yes. yes. I believe Hoda learned that from Oprah. Oprah used to do that a lot on her show. She'd go, Slow it down. You. <laughs> I might just go to deep voice. I'm going to go, Decided to live separate lives. 
I get whenever I get really heavy, I'll go to deep voice. You know what that she's talking about the thing that poor people do because they can't afford another house. <laughs> yeah, like Baba Booey's parents. <laughs> they stayed together because when Gary's parents were alive, they hated each other. <laughs> and Gary's dad just wanted a divorce, but then he had to go live with a bunch of dudes and they had a hot plate. They didn't even have a kitchen. And then he just said, I'm going right. to go back to my wife. This is bullshit. Right, Gary? I mean, I'm not telling anything out of school. Gary's oh, talking no, about no, that. No, on. no. I, when, when my parents got back together, I was shocked. I said, I couldn't believe my father Probably said I'm never going back. And they went back. <laughs> your father and your mother were the original Jada and Will Smith. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. She's yes. crazy. That's what happened. Uh, anyway, but th with good reason. Your dad had no money. I mean, Will Smith's got enough money to get his own place. Exactly. Why would he put up with this? All right, so let's get back to uh, Hoda and uh, Jada. I keep interrupting. You and Will decided that you were going to live completely separate lives. Yes. It was. Yes. Yes, it was marvelous. I had all his money, but I didn't have to really deal with anything else. Not a divorce on paper, right? but it was a divorce. divorce. So from the year 2016... It's not a divorce. A divorce? I know what a divorce is. I'm divorced. It's, it's a legal yeah. thing. <laughs> yes, we were divorced, but not divorced. We were everything. She's kind, Jade is kind of in awe of herself. She's like, yes, like, like yes, this is wonderful. No one's ever done well, this before. I think she's surprised she's getting away with it, too. <laughs> she comes up with these yeah. wacky ideas, and yeah. she gets away with them. And she can't believe she wrote a book about this. Like, oh, yes, <laughs> one more thing to mine out of my marriage. She's orgasmic about it. Usually you're sad. It's like, yes, I'm with him, but I'm not with him. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's a wonderful secret. We couldn't figure it out. That's the best part. They couldn't figure got, it out. We couldn't figure, what couldn't you figure out? You can't stand this guy. He can't stand you. Leave each other. That's how you figure it out. Yes. Which is seven years ago now. <laughs> yes. Y'all have been. Y'all. Apart. Yeah. But in she got that from Oprah, y'all. It's another yeah. thing I'm going to get. Uh, what's Oprah. Hoda doing saying y'all? Y'all. Y'all. Y'all come back, you hear? <laughs> Public, they denied the gossip about their marriage and played the. See, they yeah. give you that that you know instead of talking about it, they have a little thing. The role of adoring couple. I feel like you're a straight talker. I am. Except. Compliment yourself. I am a straight talker. You're not sometimes. Yeah. So why do that? Like, what was the reason? I think just not being ready yet. Mm still trying to figure out between the two of us yeah hmm. how to be in partnership right and in what? regards to no not how right. do we present that <laughs> to people we were it's so complicated she can't explain it and when she goes right you go no i don't understand <laughs> what you're saying what did she say in that sentence what was the sentence she from said, she goes, we were still trying to figure out how to be in partnership but you want to get away you don't want to be a partner what's the point well we're apart only in the sense that we're not together <laughs> what it's beautifully complicated I don't know. I'd be like, Jada, I don't understand. 
Can't, I can't believe the wonderful bullshit I've cooked up so I could get a book out of it. <laughs> and, and then Hoda goes, I feel you're such a straight talker, but not a straight talker. And then so Jada goes, being crazy too. Yeah. And then Jada goes, you're so honest. Yes. And you're a giant liar. Absolutely. Yes. 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 <laughs> Everything you say, I say yes. 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 You're full of shit. Yes. But you're very honest. Yes. <laughs> I am. I am. I am honest. I am full of shit. I am everything. I'm everything. I'm everything. This is crazy. This is crazy. They should lock everyone up involved in this interview. And then Hoda comes on in between little segments and goes, yes, she's honest. She's not honest. She's married. She's not married. Let's get back to the interview. You've got great hair. You're bald. Now she's got hair. I don't even know how that happened. Well, sometimes alopecia reverses itself. Or oh, maybe I okay. don't know what, what she's, what's going on with her. <laughs> but that's what started the whole fight with uh, Will Smith and Chris Rock. Yeah. Anyway, going on with the interview. Um, although they separated, Jada said Will Smith called her and asked her to attend the Oscars with him last year. Which doesn't make any sense. Then she talked about Chris Rock's joke and why she rolled her eyes at it. I didn't even understand this. Listen to this. This makes her seem like I don't know what I don't know what's going on in this interview. I'm very I think the I'm next confused. announcement is that you know she's been suffering from a mental illness. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Book. Listen to this explanation. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? At first, Will laughed, but not Jada. I could tell it bothered you. You, you did an eye roll. Like. Right. Yeah. And I did that eye roll not so much for me. And I think this mm. is really important. But the fact that there could be a jab at alopecia. And mm -hmm. I was thinking about everyone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that suffers from alopecia and suffers from alopecia and shame. Yeah. She didn't do that. That it was going to be okay. No, she's like <laughs> the most wonderful person. Goes, well, like, did I everything know is a compliment. Role was for me. <laughs> she should have clued her husband in. I wasn't thinking of me. I was thinking of everyone who suffers from alopecia. I don't. I don't know. It just seems a little bit weird. A to make a joke about a condition that someone cannot right you, you don't have any control over that and so i rolled my eyes like oh here we go again mm -hmm. and then will gets yeah. up i represent the world first of all no one knew she had alopecia i just assumed she shaved her head because she's so gorgeous that it doesn't make a difference what she does right she's under the impression that everyone knows her condition She's like the Mother Teresa of bald people. Like and she's in other words saying <laughs> her eye roll was for all the little people who suffer. Yes. Another wow. jab. Uh, wait, how many jabs does she get? <laughs> I mean, what another jab? So, it's basically she's saying, I was being a hero. When I rolled my yeah. eyes on TV, I wasn't thinking of myself. I was thinking of all of humanity. I mean, it's a, in other words, she's complimenting herself. But she didn't tell Will that she had already taken care of it. 
because she had just reacted for every person in the world. Right. And, and poor Will got in trouble. <laughs> Starting to feel bad for Will in a weird way, but I didn't think I would because what he did to Chris was insane. Anyway, so Will Smith goes on stage, smacks Chris Rock uh, after the joke about uh, G.I. Jane. Everyone was outraged, as we were. Jada said she didn't see the actual smack and had a very different reaction to the situation. Listen to this. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. What's happening? What's going on? What is going on? Now, first of all, I'm really shocked because... Mind you, I'm not there. We haven't called each other husband and wife yeah. in a long time. But I'm like, what is going on I right keep now? My wife's, wife's name. name out of your yes. mouth, yes. right? And I'm yes. like, but now I'm really worried for Will because I don't know what's going mm -hmm. on. Well, again, uh, how confusing is that statement? Like, you're not his wife. You are his wife. You're pretending to be his wife that night. On TV. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. And then Will goes and sucker punches Chris Rock. And poor Chris Rock is saying, they, they must have gotten a hold of him somewhere. He says, I wish they would, or somebody was interviewed and said privately, he's like, can't she shut the fuck up and like, let this go away? Like, I'm trying to get past it. And Everybody he's building a would whole. like to stop talking about it. <laughs> but yeah, she... yeah, yeah. Will wants to stop talking about it. Chris wants to stop talking about it. Jada can't stop talking about it. It's like the biggest thing ever. Anyway, it is. it gets crazier. It's like after Jada found out that Will had attacked Chris Rock, she didn't spend much time worrying about how Chris was doing. Listen to this. I looked to Will and I said, you hit Chris? Like you actually hit Chris? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, all right. I'm like, and then I click in and I'm like, you know what? I go straight into Jada mode. We're going to get through this. This is going to be a firestorm. I got you. For viewers. Went into Jada mode. She's <laughs> told this story about five different ways. Yeah. It's a crazy because story. She starts saying that, wait a minute, this, this could get, you know, Crazy. I'd better get ready to fight somebody. She the show continued without brawl. Sing a beat. I know it could look really strange, but when something like that happens, mm -hmm. the trauma response can be, let's just get back to let's normal. Get let's just get normal. back to normal. So we were just trying to get back to normal. Did anyone ever ask Will to, to leave? No. Mm -mm. No. No. Did you realize they were afraid of her? <laughs> what this would mean for his career at that point? I just knew we were in it together, mm -hmm. no matter what. Jada and Will have not spoken with Chris Rock since that night. These kinds of moments can do two things. They can amplify love, or they can really make you bitter, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. angry, resentful. Right. We've chosen to really look at this moment and heal. I, to my impression is she talks a lot, but doesn't actually say anything. Right. You know what I mean? It's like um, 
you you can look at this small. She want, I think she wants to be like a therapist or a healer, like a very wise sage. But it's all just a, a bunch of mumbly. It's mush mouth. It's like. Well, I think she talked to somebody and they gave her these lines. I guess. I She's mean, no it's therapist. Wild. Where's all this no. coming from? <laughs> I don't know. You can heal or you can. Well, you want to heal. Why don't you call Chris Rock and say, hey, we're sorry this happened, but. but 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 then she's with him. I've got his back. But we haven't talked in six years. Where we have, it's, it's just all it's just confusion. I mean, I couldn't live with that kind of confusion. I imagine I'm just imagining my own marriage. Like if but like it was like yeah, we haven't been together for six years. But she says she's got my back, and I'd say, listen, can can you put me in a mental institution right now? Because I think I'm losing my mind. Look, first of all, you wouldn't make the call to Beth six years later. <laughs> and say let's go to the oscars together and she wouldn't take the call because <laughs> you got sense if you're broken up you're broken up she wants to say something profound she goes like you can look at this moment as a moment that you can look at <laughs> and then hoda goes yes this moment kept us apart and brought us together it can go either way but in our case it went every way it brought us together apart. <laughs> like, that's what I'm hearing. I'm not sure. I Either I'm really stupid and I don't understand Jada mode. But I, I was listening to this. I go, I don't know what the hell she's fucking saying. Well, the week before when she was just talking about the book, they were they were still separated the day she was talking about the book. When did they get back together? Well, this is weird. So... This interview made headlines all week, and she keeps doing interviews. And everyone was shocked. The shocking news was that she and Will Smith have not been together for seven years. And then she went back on the Today Show Monday for a follow-up interview where she shocked Hoda again. This is even crazier. If you find another great love, or if Will finds <clears throat> another great love. There's no finding another great love, and I think that's the point. It's like... We are in a place now that we are in a deep healing space and we are healing really space. concentrating on healing the relationship between us. So it may not be the divorce on paper anymore? There's no divorce on paper. I mean, not on paper. There might not be a divorce in theory anymore. Yeah, no, we really have been working hard. Oh, see? Oh, good. Well, well, I didn't know that. We might I was trying to think. So what? wait, just so I'm 100% clear, you were divorced, not on paper, right. but now we might be a point where we're back together. We are working very hard at bringing our relationship, yes, bringing our relationship together. Back, back to a marriage again. Back to a life partnership. Yes, because okay. here's the thing about Tell me. husband, wife, marriage for me, yeah, for yeah, my healing yeah. process. I process. came into that with very specific ideas, right? Oh, very yeah. specific ideas that were blocks to me just seeing yeah. Will as who he is. Yeah. He can't be this perfect, idealized yeah. husband. Yes. Yes, of course I have to yes. be able to yes. accept him for the human that he is. He yes, accepts me for the human that I am, and we want to love each other there. Okay, so you might like live in the same house and have the same... Yeah. Okay! 
No, we didn't find out anything, Hoda. Well, wait. I see another book out of this because those two are going to get back in the house and come up with some other kooky bullshit. (laughs) This was a healing. This moment is a moment that makes you appreciate other moments. And our relationship. So you're saying you're going to live together? Yes. Our relationship was over and just starting. Oh, you mean? I don't. She didn't even say they are living together. <laughs> no. Hoda is putting a might in there, so you might one day live together again. And she's like, the- yes. It was the end, of the beginning of the middle of our love. It's the best of times and worst of times. <laughs> I think the next book is that she's never actually met Will Smith. That that it's been an imaginary thing the whole. If not, you know, and and then Hoda goes, well, this clears it all up, and, and I'm like, no, it doesn't. Relationships can't possibly be this hard. These are two people well, with tons of money. They have no financial, uh, you know, financial problems. They've got right. everything life can offer: great careers, all kinds of stimulation, food on the table, and the, they're carrying on. I mean, they just fucking break up. It's a, it's a disaster. But she also said, Howard, that they had tried and tried and tried and they got tired of it. Yes, now Robin. They're doing I'll it be Jada. again. Yes, yes, Robin. <laughs> we were together even when we were apart. And for me and my reality, we're going to live separately, but together. <laughs> and the, you must understand, Robin, husband, wife, marriage, slap, healing, book, <laughs> interview, profit. That's great. You know, what happened to just being an actor? But we are, Robin, I'm here to report we're in a deep healing space. That brings us together because we are apart and we hate each other, but it's all love. We all love. <laughs> and Robin, let me just say this because you've been so wonderful in this interview. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck chuck chucked wood? <laughs> yes. The, I guess Hoda's bell is now ringing. She doesn't know what she heard. Hoda's excited because she got an interview with someone who they should put in handcuffs and haul away (laughs) (laughs) hoda all i'm trying to say is confused our journey to healing starts with a healing journey (laughs) we're in a deep healing where is that this deep healing journey are you there together or are you still separate hoda would you pay attention i'm trying to tell you three different truths in one sentence see if you can follow we hate love, love, hating. Loving one another begins with another one's loving. Why is it so important that they stay together? I don't that know. That's the question. I don't know. I guess it's just got to be. There. I like when she goes, there is no separate, there is no great love. <laughs> what am I going to write about if I'm not with Will Smith? <laughs> what, am I going to write about some Schmenrick I'm dating? She no one cares. Revealed- that once I think she says that Chris Rock hit on her. Yeah, I read that. Yeah. <laughs> so she had to bring every little thing. She's got to bring it all up. I bet so every guy's hit on her. I want to hit on her. Yeah. She's so fucking That's hot. Crazy that Chris Rock hit on her. I'll bet you one thing. I bet she fucks like a maniac. 
I oh, mean, she's got to. She's got to. <laughs> she's got to, right? I mean, yeah, she's got to be yeah. wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Um, I, I'm Hoda. You got it all wrong. I told you we haven't been together for seven years, but we're together. You didn't give me a chance to say yeah. we were back together. Think of love like this, Hoda. If love leaves Chicago going 65 miles an hour <laughs> and healing divorces are in New York and they're going 120 miles per hour, how would this connection happen and at what time and how would you be in the right place? <laughs> Think about it like that. <laughs> what is she talking about? Relationships. Look at the word relationships, Hoda. Relations and ships. You see? And no, when you put relations it. and ships together, you get more than a relationship. Oh. And I just want America to know, because America seems endlessly interested. Will and I cannot stand each other, but we will always have each other's backs. We and we haven't been be together always. apart. Right. Even if we're apart, even if we announce a divorce, we're together. If, why, what's wrong with Will Smith that he hears all this and he goes, I got to tell you, this is I the greatest. Stay with that woman. I, I, I've, been, I've been making a mistake for the last seven years. I would be like, you know, Jesus Christ. She's got to stop with the books and the carrying on about me. It maybe he's nutty too, because like yeah. I said, he said he the book be. woke him up. Like he didn't even know all this stuff was going on. Dude, <laughs> talk to me. I'll wake you up. <laughs> Hoda, we haven't been together spiritually. Now, metaphysically is another story. Metaphysically, we're married, but philosophically, we're divorced. Yeah, in another I time and place. We no. are happy. <laughs> Let me explain it this way. I before E, except after C. Okay? Is that clear enough for you? You know, like in the comics, they have those alternate worlds where people are either together or apart. That's Will and Jada's relationship. In another world or somewhere else. Think about Will Smith's life. He's got to turn on the TV every day to find out if he's married. He doesn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> let's see if let's see if Hoda can figure it out, and then then, then I'll watch it, and then I'll know where I stand. <laughs> he said he had emotional blindness. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to being a man. <laughs> he was still married all this time. I'm telling yeah. you, <laughs> Hoda. You don't understand. Will Smith is my soulmate. Just when I see him, he makes me sick. <laughs> but we don't understand, Jada. We don't understand. Are you married? Are you separated? Are you divorced? Hoda. Marriage. Separation. Divorce. These are just words. And words have multiple meanings. You understand? Uh, yes. I think divorce means divorce. No. No. <laughs> you... You are so, you're operating on a level, very low level. We're together. We just sleep in different beds that are in different houses and full of different men. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if like after this interview, like 
you turn on the Today Show and Hoda is wheeled in in a straitjacket because she went insane from trying to figure <laughs> out. Well, I think this is just the beginning. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, anyway, so Will Smith heard all of this, and now he feels like he's in the greatest marriage of all time. He's married to a gem. I don't know. I'll tell you one Did thing. he say that? Well, I don't know. I mean, it seems like <laughs> he, he made some kind of statement that he said that it was very, very intoxicating, this book. And he sees her as great, right? Uh, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess that's what so. I, I don't know. We don't, I, we don't I know. went with the part where he said I was emotionally blind and this woke me up. And I'm like, oh, so you didn't know any of this was going on. Oh, you mean you're saying maybe you're right. Maybe you're saying Will's going, wait a second. I didn't know what was going on. Now I'm awake. I see I'm married to somebody who's fucking like talking about me every 10 minutes. Oh, you mean you think he's had it now? <laughs> I don't know if he's had it. That's what I'm saying. I can't figure out quite what he's saying. I could tell you what's going on in the Middle East. I could sum it up in three words, but this I don't know. <laughs> Can we get that Blinken guy to go over to their house and try to figure it out? I like that Blinken guy. Um, but the name Anthony, that like they go uh, here is Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, <laughs> and I go Anthony, isn't the name Anthony? What is Anthony? Did they forget the H in his name? Yeah, yeah. Like they like, forgot well, some vowels and copy. <laughs> is he an American citizen, Anthony? <laughs> it's no name, Anthony. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. I'm pretty sure they're dropping the H. <laughs> Is that some numerology thing he's got going? You know how some people do that? Yeah. Hey, in Will's letter to Jada, he wrote, I don't know why he's writing her a letter, but it, it, this is... Because uh, they don't live together. He was never going <laughs> to just run into her. <laughs> Quote, I applaud and honor you. If I had read this book 30 years ago, <laughs> I would have had for the hill. years no, I, ago. I definitely would have hugged you more. I'll start now. Welcome to the Authors Club. I love you endlessly. Now, go get some Merlot and take a rest. So he likes it. Well, in people, he said he was emotionally blind. Oh, oh, here it is. When you've been with someone for more than half of your life, a sort of emotional blindness sets in. And you can all too easily lose your sensitivity to their hidden nuances and subtle beauties. Well, that makes sense. He's right. A lot of times you start living with someone a long time and you kind of take things for granted or you go, you know, I, everything's fine. I don't need to pay attention, you know, who knows? And then, you know, people clam up. I, that makes sense to me. I can follow that. I just don't follow this interview. Yeah. You know, I just don't. I don't know what's going on. I think you and but I. But in his emotional blindness, did he know he was separated? I don't know. You don't know that. That no one knows. <laughs> I know Jada tell. says it's a time to heal. They're in a deep healing spiritual deep. What is it? Deep, safe space, deep healing space. <laughs> All this healing. How much does it cost? I bet it's like tons of therapists. I know what my therapy costs and I'm telling you, I got to keep this job. So what's the deal? Can we bang Jada or not? I mean, uh, is she? Dating I don't know or? if she's dating. Yeah. I don't know anything. If I was single, I'd put a call into her. Tell you that. I don't care how well, creepy if, she is. If you were dating her and she no. explained on the date 
Yeah. Well, now I've got the book to read, so I know what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> you know what Her I mean? situation, you yeah. would know. Well, she's married and and divorced. I might have to get this book just to, you know, just have a few laughs. I mean, it is sounds crazy. A, is there an audio book? <laughs> I feel bad for the kids. Well, they're grown, thank God. Yeah. But they were probably around this confusion. They're like, who the, what the fuck are these two talking about? You know? Well, a lot of times I know kids is, come out of this stuff all right because, you know, they're just like, that's loony over there. Will Smith's been in some of the best movies ever made. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, listen, being a guy who interviews people, I know how, um, publicists guard their clients. I mean, they really do. They want to make sure they're, <laughs> Publis is probably going, what the fuck? Will, what's your wife doing with this marriage stuff? I really don't believe they have a publicist. <laughs> <laughs> you think they're going rogue? That's right. I think well, this is all off book. This gets back to my original point. Everyone's got a microphone in their house and they're going nuts. They're telling everything. <laughs> well, you know, even that red table talk he participated in, if they yeah. were not together, why was he there while she was explaining her, what did she call her entanglement when she you slept know, by the with way, the guy? When Hoda and uh, Jada are talking and none of it's making sense and then they get all excited at the end, that noise they make, that high-pitched kind of squeal, yes, we're together, that's what I've been trying to tell you. I'm like, what are you doing? Here, listen to that. Oh, here, I can fast forward. If you find another great love, or if Will finds it, <laughs> we are not Yeah, okay. Divorce, not on very to yeah. yeah, for yeah. my ideas, right? Very specific ideas that were blocks to me just seeing yeah. Will as who he is. Yeah. He can't be this perfect, idealized yeah. husband. Yes. Yes, of course I not. have to be able to accept him for the human that he is. He yes, accepts me here. for the human that I am, and we want to love each other there. Okay, so you might like live in the same house and have this. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I must have. It must be at the beginning when they. Oh, that's at the beginning there when they is, start squealing. Yeah, some. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. find another great love, or if Will finds <clears throat> another great love, there's no finding another great love, and I think that's the point. It's like we are in a place now that we are in a deep healing space, and we are really concentrating on healing the relationship between us. So. It may not be the divorce on paper anymore. There's no divorce on paper. I mean, not on paper. There might not be a divorce in theory anymore. Yeah, no. We really have been working hard. Oh. See? Okay. Well, I didn't know that. Hold on. I was trying to take Wait, wait, wait. I totally missed that on the whole thing. That's the whole thing. So wait, just so I... There's no poor Will Smith. There's no finding another great love. He's stuck in this nightmare. He's got. This he, is what I'm saying. He's being held <laughs> hostage. Will somebody rescue Will Smith? Yeah, it's like that Star Trek episode when those two, the, the black and white figures, are like fighting one another for eternity. Right. It's like right, dude. Just get a divorce. I mean, is is it even Jada? Jada must fuck so great that he just can't get a divorce. I'm telling you, if if they broke up. They would both find clarity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real clear. All of a sudden, yeah. they'd start making sense. Yeah. No relationship is worth this amount of energy. 
Will Smith needs a nice calm. Will Smith should hook up with Britney Spears and have a nice calm life. Oh, God, help us. <laughs> <laughs> if he hooks up with Britney, Britney Spears, you'd say, he has a type. <laughs> Will and I right now are in a healing space, a deep healing space, and we're together. And together. 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 We are gathering our emotions, gathering our love in a deep healing space. When do we fuck? <laughs> I love how she she says it the other way. A space of deep space. healing. If you say it slow <laughs> and with authority, it sounds almost like you're like you went to college and got a degree, got your yeah. doctorate in psychology or something. You know what I mean? It's like, you know. Don't you get it, Hoda? We're in a very deep healing space. But space we're, has to come first, because first we're in a space together, space, I guess. Yes. A and healing. It's a deep healing. Cocoon. <laughs> and now we're in healing hibernation. It's like Ronnie's wedding vows. It's all kinds right, of We're analogies. in a healing cave. <laughs> we are building a foundation and house together. <laughs> And when will their house be complete? I don't know that it'll uh, stand up. These two. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> they never uh, enough get of that. that scaffolding off. Hey, Kathy, you're on the air. What up? It's Kathy from New Jersey. Hi. Good morning. So I have alopecia, and I never say I suffer from it because I'm not suffering from it. It sucks. Yeah, I hate wearing a wig. I hate the babushkas, and I don't have a face like Jada. But mm -hmm. I work for an oncologist, and these poor people, they are suffering from alopecia for a different reason. So I don't need her to roll her eyes to protect me. I don't need him slapping. We don't suffer from it. It's annoying. You don't, what it is. You don't need Jada to represent you no, as, a, as someone with alopecia? Okay. She right. wasn't well, that's a good representing message. you. She, she gave a reaction, and you don't agree with her reaction. No, no. In that exactly. moment, she thought of all the people with alopecia, and she was representing everyone. Robin, how dare you? <laughs> Sorry, she got elected, and she knows. Uh, all right, Kathy. Kathy says uh, she is not voting for Jada Pinkett Smith to represent her and fellow alopecia. <laughs> I don't need her, and I don't need Will. Thank you. All right. All right. Have I a guess, great. Uh, I guess she's not your hero after all. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Oh, so you and Will are together? Yes. But you're not together? Yes. You're a liar? Right. Yes. Right. But you tell the truth and you're a straight shooter? Yes. I'm both. I'm whatever it is you need me to be, like Jesus. Wow. What a fucking story. We need more interviews. Come here. I openly invite... For any day, Will and Jada to come on together. I would like to interview Will. Anybody. The kids, anybody involved You'll in this You'll interview mess. the whole family. Yeah. <laughs> the dog, everybody. She's like, yes. Like a, like hissing like a snake. I yes. Know. That's when you should worry. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine I tune on TV, my wife's on, with Hoda. So you and Howard are... Uh, What's going on with you? We don't know. <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh. This is going to be bad. How do I explain this? 
I got kids. I got an audience. What do I do now? Like, how are you going to look at Will Smith as a hero again? On the Today Show today, Beth Stern. On the Today Show today, Beth Stern is coming in to speak about Howard and their marriage in her new book. Uh, imagine the name I turn of that on that book. By the way, what did you call that? <laughs> uh, uh, imagine I, I'm like I better tune in and see what's going on in my marriage because I'm not sure. That'd be you crazy. Think Will hadn't even read the book before she started doing I, these. I, I don't interviews. know. <laughs> um, what's going on with you and Howard? Well, I'm rescuing cats. And desperately trying to rescue our relationship. What? <laughs> Thought we were doing fine. <laughs> uh, crazy. Well. The other thing is, if she and Will were separated during that whole entanglement thing, why didn't she just hmm. say that? Yeah, I think that question was asked. But again, I think there was a lot of gibberish. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I'm, she's I'm telling great you, at gibberish. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, she's, got, she's got down a line of bullshit. I can't imagine that book is very insightful, but maybe it is. But I'm not reading it because uh, I don't have time. I'm busy trying to slog my way through that Ander- Anderson Cooper um, uh, recommendation. Still, have you gotten out of chapter one? Uh, no, I, I got to work my, you know, with the situation in Israel, it's depressing enough. Yeah. I've lived through all that bullshit my whole life with, uh, you know, I've, I've documented wars. it. Yeah. Yeah. I've documented it well, even what I've seen in my own lifetime and uh, with my own personal life. And I don't know, like I just was looking for some kind of escape last week after I had that little minor surgery and blah, 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 blah. And then I said, Anderson Cooper is wise. He said he reads a book every year, the same book, and he gets a lot out of it. I said, I'm going to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read that book and holy shit. <laughs> it is the most depressing thing. The whole first chapter is about being in a concentration camp and the, hum- and the humiliation people had to suffer and watching your friends go into the gas chamber and it's hard. And then like no food and eating like, 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 like it's just hard. And the guards are humiliating you and stripping you and beating you. And, and I'm like, what the fuck? Anderson reads this every fucking year. Year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I was like, maybe I'll go watch Schindler's List to cheer up. I was going to say, maybe it doesn't make an impression on him. Is that what he's saying? That uh, he has I to don't read know. this every year? Well, I guess it ends up like, you know, because the guy's a psychiatrist when he wrote the yeah. book. And he was like, kind of like putting meaning into people's lives, even when horrors. I mean, I get it, but. Chapter one's like gassing the Jews. Chapter two, gassing more Jews. Chapter three, <laughs> humiliating the Jews. Ugh. It's great. I will read the book though, because Anderson, I do admire him, and I'm you admire he got Anderson, I, and yeah. I don't know how this is going to be for you. How long do you think it's going to take? This could be epic. I mean, this book might. <laughs> I might have to listen to like three words a day. <laughs> Turn it off each time and recover. I, what I like to do is I put on audiobooks while I paint. And holy mackerel, I was like, 
I, I don't want, I want to go lay down. This is horrible. Like, it Does finally dawned on me. slip when you're hearing me? Well, <laughs> I, I was hoping that, like, the guy would move on into the happy part where he becomes a psychiatrist and he puts some meaning into his life. I, but but th- this yeah. thing's going on a while. They're still stuck in the concentration camp. We might have to talk to Anderson to find out why he reads this. Yeah. Well, next time he comes in. <laughs> Chapter 5. Gassing the Jews while burning the Jews. There ain't that many Jews left in the world, honestly, and they're still trying to kill them. Want them pushed off the planet. Jews have to invent a rocket ship, go to Mars, and just live there. Well, you know what uh, bothers me every time one of these things happens? That Americans get kidnapped. And I'm like, have you ever heard of anything good happening in Gaza? What are people yeah. going there for? Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy to me. High. Why are you available to be kidnapped in Gaza? Well, I hear uh, they have a sphere there. You can go visit. <laughs> you went to see the beach you two in the sphere. <laughs> you didn't know the hotels are all five star. <laughs> Uh, let's go to, uh, oh, there's my girlfriend, Marianne from Brooklyn. What's up, honey? I love you, Howard, but I got to tell you that, first of all, she said it was a bit this day to pick its bit. If she thought it was a bit, what'd she write a book for? But if you ever had Chris, if you ever had them on, Howard, that would be another slap to Chris Rock. That would be so disrespectful. He's such an uh, iconic, uh, you know. I don't know, Marianne, I, I, I'll calm you down. I don't think. Jade and Will are coming in. Don't worry about it. It's a it's a figure of speech. Yeah, they're gonna. I think the way to go is Hoda. Hoda seems to be doing just fine with that interview. She Hoda just seems to sit there and go. Boiling in Brooklyn. Howard, how could she write that book? How dare she write that book? And we're listening to her with everything that's going on in the world. Right. Okay. Marianne from Hello. Uh, hey, let's make it a double header from Marianne to Bobo. Hey, Bobo. Hey, how you doing there, Howard? I got to say, your Keith Richards interview was so great. It was so effortlessly the way you made it flow. It was it's what, Bobo? I we can't say that. the word effortlessly. That's it. It went smoothly. Robin, I'm receiving a compliment. Please don't uh, don't don't <laughs> goof on the I word effortlessly. I just didn't want you to miss a word. Effort- it was so uh, effortlessly. It was so effortlessly, honestly. Uh, Bobo's not incorrect. Uh, yeah. But well, how, by the way, up a few, Keith Richards' interview, you can listen to the full audio or watch the full video of Keith now on the SiriusXM app. I got all excited yesterday. I got a, a email from my assistant, and I just kind of, like, I glanced at it. I was in the middle of uh, a bunch of things, and... It was like, oh, wow, Keith must have been really moved by the interview because it was like um, Keith and the Stones want to do a little performance for you, uh, you know. And I was like, what the fuck? Now what? I'm in with the I'm in with the all the all the boys. I'm probably going to be I'm probably going to have to leave the show and hang with these guys for a few months. But then I realized it was a promotional event. <laughs> I read it this morning and it was like, yeah, I thought I was going on tour with the Stones and like Keith needs me there. But it was more like um 
Stones are promoting their album, getting a bunch of people together in a room, and uh, and, and I saw Baba Booey was invited, and other. You know, as soon as I saw Baba Booey was invited, I went. Oh, you're not going to any event with Baba Booey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought the event was like I'm replacing Charlie Watts, and I'll be jamming with those guys. <laughs> I thought Keith wanted to get together socially, but uh, not the case. Not the case. You're not going to. Okay. Is it in New York? This thing? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a promotional event where there's a bunch of journalists and, you know, things like, like that. Like they so. did in London, I guess. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I'll, I'll do real well at that. And it goes, <laughs> no VIP area. I go, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. I don't mind sitting on the floor with a bunch of people. And I'm, I think very highly of myself. I'm not, I, I need a VIP area. You know that, Robin. That's right. You need a velvet rope. Oh, yeah. I went to see uh, Ed Sheeran. When I went to see Ed Sheeran, there was a VIP area, and then there was an extra VIP area. I was in the extra VIP area for damn sure. I I made sure of that. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, at Ed Sheeran, you know, Sirius XM had this event, so I wanted to go. I'd never seen Ed Sheeran live, except for in our studio, you know. Yeah. And uh, it was a good show, and I saw there were two VIP areas, and I go, hmm. Let me see who's in what VIP area. I see, I see, like, I knew I had to be in the better VIP area because I was standing there with Paul McCartney, Billy Joel, Jerry Seinfeld, evidently. I didn't see him, but he was in there. And, uh, oh, no, I saw him at the end, yeah. And um, James Corden. And uh, who else was in there? Oh, Michael, uh, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox, Gwyneth Paltrow. I got a whole list, Howard. Hold on. Yeah. I was in, so I was in the very The V-est of IP. Yeah, yeah. I was in such a V. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. And then, so I looked over at the other VIP area, which was across the room. And I was like, hmm, that is one lame VIP. Who <laughs> was in there? You're not going to name him. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it wasn't like I even like I didn't see anybody in there. Like, uh, I know I had uh, John Mayer and Andy Cohen and Brooke Shields in my VIP area. Bon Jovi, McCartney. John Bon Jovi I was talking to. And I'm like, you know, palling around with everyone. I'm like, hey, John, you could learn from this kid. You don't need a whole band. You just fucking go out there with a the guitar. <laughs> Robert thought, Kraft. I tried that out on um, John, and then I said, let me try this out on Paul McCartney. So I go over, hey, Paul, <laughs> you don't need a whole band, you see? Just a guitar. And he's like, get away from me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're annoying me. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was being very witty. But, uh, yeah, Gary, uh, yeah, uh, there were a lot of people in there. But what was in the other VIP area? I didn't see one VIP in the other area. It was like, Oh, yeah, you would, you, you would have seen me and John Hyde. <laughs> yeah, Gary and John Hine and Human Newman, you know. Hit him with the Hine! All hell would have broken loose if they had stuck me in the, with Gary. That would have been it. I would. I just would. Have, I would have been livid. I would never go to another serious sex. You would have been Baba Booey. Um, Baba Booey. off uh, Ed Sheeran. Baba Booey. Oh yeah. You wouldn't oh, even I, have I would have been left. able to hear the music. <laughs> well, I would have been embarrassed in front of my wife. You know. <laughs> She'd be like, what, what VIP area are we in? <laughs> now she's <laughs> writing a book about the VIP yeah. section. <laughs> it was terrible. Hold up. We were in the uh, uh, VIP area with Gary Delabate and John Hahn. <laughs> like, I don't need to be in this area. That whole VIP area is pretty cool because there's a guy uh, who's a good friend of mine. 
Well, I didn't even know he was going to Ed Sheeran. He's a guy who's uh, I've done some work with. He's a, a professional uh, architect and designer. And all of a sudden, I'm standing in the VIP area, and he comes over to the VIP area. Like you could, you could like go next to the velvet rope, and he goes, "Hey, Howard, how you doing?" I go, "Don't talk like, to oh, me." Oh, this is good. Now this is good. Someone can see me in the VIP area. <laughs> But do you want his, uh, the VIPs to see you talking to somebody outside of the VIP? Oh, yeah, I went, I went, hey, get away. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't talk to you here. <laughs> no, no, I was very happy to have a witness that I was in the very VIP area. <laughs> you know, don't forget, I grew up, nobody, nobody had me in any VIP there was area. No, well, you had a VIP area, you were the only one in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, VIP. <laughs> yeah. It was me and my father telling me what an idiot I was. <laughs> no, the VIP area was pretty cool. And the cool move when you were in the VIP area was um, to even, like, just get bored and, like, walk outside. Oh, of the really? VIP area, yeah, but I didn't do that. I'm not that cool. I just I enjoyed the concert. I I was Ed Sheeran even said to me afterwards, "I saw you dancing and you were fully engaged." And uh, he goes, "I appreciated that." That's nice when a when a uh, an artist recognizes yeah. that you're an audience member and you're really into it. I didn't do that move though, where you hold up your phone and it's supposed to be like a candle. No, because that's not good. I saw some concert. I don't even remember what it was. I was watching it on YouTube and these fucking kids. Oh, I know where the kids at the Taylor Swift movie are holding up their phones. They're dancing in the aisles. They're acting like they're at a live concert. Yeah, they're going nuts, these Swifties. And they, they were holding up their phones, except the light from the phone was reversed. So it was going into the eyes of the people behind them. I, I would have been pissed. Wow. What was that all about? I don't know, but well, it kind of reminds me. Well, I guess Taylor's not going to see it. <laughs> I don't know, man. These kids are going to the movie. I tell you, I remember I went to see the movie Help, the Beatles made. Yeah. And uh, I remember being really annoyed because, you know, it, those days you didn't go to a movie two or three times. If my father gave me money for a movie, that meant once. you were going once. Yeah. You had one yeah. experience with that movie. You were never going to see it again. There was no such thing as going to the movie again. He would have been like, you're an idiot. You saw the movie. You're going to go again? I'm not giving you money for law. So uh, I remember I went to see Help, and girls were screaming every time Paul or John or George or Ringo came on. And I couldn't hear the movie. Like, there was an actual sort of plot. Yeah. And I wanted to hear the music. And it sounds like the Swifties. Here's the scene in the movie theater. And it seems like kids have not changed in all these years. They want to show everyone else that they know all the lyrics to the songs. They can't just right. sit and be normal people. They're singing That's at the top of That's just being part of the group. Now you're in the group because yeah. you know yeah. the lyrics. Sounds like the, yeah. the Gaza Strip. I thought I was watching Israel for a minute. I was of these thinking kids. of going just to see what this era's tour was all about. And then I read what was happening in the theaters. And I said, well, that's, you know, better I don't go. Listen, Boomer, um, you should stand <laughs> up and go. 
<laughs> we get it, kids. You're a fan. We know. You know the lyrics. We get it. Sit down and don't be an asshole. A lot of these kids, I don't even think, have been to a movie because of COVID and everything else. It's like their first experience. Maybe a first experience. Well, I don't know. Kids are laying on the floor of the movie theater. Uh, in they this certainly video. didn't stay in their seats. They were all no. over the place. I'd be like, why? You know what? If you're going to lay on the floor, I'm going to step on your head, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 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 I'm sorry. It's not my job to see you. She's not here. She can't see all this. Oh, I'm sorry. I stepped on her nose. It's almost like another level of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, this where is where everybody is, used to big. dress up and bring because they did wear outfits, too. And hey, you know, did all the things you do at the concert. The reason the kids were holding up their phones with the light on at themselves because they're taking selfies. They're taking video of themselves singing mm. to the Taylor Swift movie. I mean, I, I mean, wow, that's, that's something lame. to leave for your grandparents. <laughs> when your I was a kid. <laughs> As a kid, if you did something like that, you get beat up for a week. You're like, hey, hey, you're a douchebag. Nobody's a douchebag anymore. Everyone's doing their own thing. I told you, everyone's broadcast. Well, everybody grows up being on video their entire lives. You know, all the birthday parties are videotaped. They see themselves on TV. None of that's special anymore. All right, Bobo, thanks for the compliment. Yeah, I got a couple. Of, I have a few questions. Hold on. That if I had the opportunity to ask Keith, and this is what I would ask him: What happened to you back in the day where you almost got electrocuted on stage? And he... All right, uh, Bobo doing the interview with Keith Richards. One of these days, he will get to interview Keith. Hey, <laughs> and you know save what? them, Bobo. <laughs> never say never. I never thought I'd get to interview Keith. Bobo, <laughs> That's I, right. I'd, I'd listen to the Bobo interview. <laughs> Bobo referring yeah. to the fact that uh, Keith, yes, there was a. He's often talked about it, which is why I didn't bring it up, because he's already commented. In the early days of the Stones, they were doing pyrotechnics and things and the microphone. It's a, it's an old story. Anyway. Uh, but thank you, Bobo. Stephanie in Virginia, what's on your mind? Hey, I read that Victor Frankl book. And it was a snooze. I'm still on chapter one, but I was I was going to say to you, does it ever get any sort of like, do you ever get any like you learn anything from it? Or is it just like a, 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 a regurgitation of the Jews suffering through the concentration camp? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a regurgitation. I mean, he pulls oh. out different learning points, you know, oh. that you can take away. So but. So that's the first half of the book. The second half of the book is his whole explanation of his logos theory. And that is just like his whole, he developed this whole psych, I guess, psychological theory. And that, I mean, I couldn't even make my way halfway through that. But uh, mm. supposedly he has a really good book out there. You know, his whole thing is dig deep. That's the whole thing of it. And Indeed. love is at the center of it all. I mean, sounds like Jada Pinkett Smith. Through. Jada Pinkett Smith is doing that, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I might listen to her she book. Might need to, that's it. She might need to uh, talk to. Yeah. <laughs> Forget Victor Frankel. I'm going to read uh, Jada Pinkett Smith and yeah, see what I can maybe get she out of can, Thank you. Can uh, lift your spirits and tell you how to live. Hi, Gina. Gina in Pennsylvania. 
Oh my gosh, Howard. Hi. Hi. I can't believe I got through. I'm a huge fan. Um, I just wanted to talk about how I'm back on Bachelor Nation um, with the Golden Bachelor. It's a total train wreck. And um, oh, I, uh, I want to make an announcement. Harrison you, left. I left. I want to make an announcement. <clears throat> I am Bachelor Nation. I love Bachelor in Paradise. I love uh, the regular series, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I love them all. I really do. I think they're great shows. But this fucking what? Golden Bachelor, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> you, you, you can say what you want to say on your podcast. You're the greatest podcaster ever was. In fact, I, I want to be on your <laughs> podcast, Gina. But uh, I, just, I want to come to your house and we'll sit in your kitchen and talk. But oh, here my it is. God, that would be a dream come true. I have called in so many times and I can't believe that I actually got through. I have so many questions for you. And well, Gina, this is amazing. <laughs> the Golden Bachelor is so fucking bad and upsetting. I do not want to see people in my age category dating who, I, you know, I'm trying to delude myself that I don't look that bad. But holy cow, everyone looks fucking ancient. And then they give their age and they go, oh, I'm 60. And I'm like, right. 60? You're 60. Then you get really depressed. <laughs> and, they, and none of them want to fuck. And I mean, I mean they're all, they all got problems. Like, um, I watched only the first episode. And I said to my wife, I don't, first of all, I don't even want to watch this with my wife because I'm much older no. than my wife. And I'm like, she's got to be looking at this going, wait a second. I'm dating a guy who looks like this. I don't need her getting getting any thoughts about what a drag it is being with me. And so well, I just said, I don't want to watch this anymore when, you know, the women are like, it's just sad that, that, that women have double knee replacements and they're like, oh, my God, I can't be in the upper bunk bed. They're giving them bunk beds. First of all, when someone's 70 years old, give them, their, give them their goddamn dignity. Don't put them in a bunk bed. Shame on you, Bachelor yeah. Nation. I mean, what, what, what is this? I need a temper pedic now. Yeah, people people wearing comfortable shoes. You need a hospital shoes. bed, is what. You need. <laughs> people wearing comfortable shoes, and even the girls who are kind of hot are not that hot. I mean, you know, it's like right. okay, they're hot for you their age. You knew they were hot at one time. Right, you could. Yeah, that, like I was getting depressed at that. I'm, I'm sitting there going, <laughs> like, like, well, like Beth was like, oh, I'm sure when she was younger, uh, she was very beautiful. And I go, hey, who wants to imagine beauty? I, I want to see beauty. <laughs> <laughs> Imagining beauty, yes. I mean, it is, and I'm seeing my own mortality, and I'll tell you, hey, John, is there any ratings on the Golden Bachelor? I got to figure that thing is a complete it's disaster. Not doing well. Let me take a look. I bailed. I've never bailed on a Bachelor before, but the Golden Bachelor is bullshit. I fucking hate it. I, I demand to be taken off television immediately. Go ahead, John. John knows the ratings for everything. I don't know. This guy's got no life. Maybe if uh, Sam's mother had actually applied, you would watch. Hell no. I, I watched <laughs> The Bachelor from the very beginning when it was that firefighter and I forget her name. But me too. Trish. I jumped the shark as soon as Chris Harrison left, but this got me back on. It was Trista, you guy. not Trish. Yeah, Trish. Trista. All right, Trish. come on. That was a pretty good callback for, you know, <laughs> it's a hundred years ago. But the, yeah, Trista and the firefighter, they got married. And that guy, that guy, he never said a word. That was the. He's uh, that still was, as silent as Ryan. Uh, Ryan. Uh, Ryan. Yeah, uh, Ryan. a statue. Ryan the firefighter. I'm like, what? Wait a second. 
I go, this guy doesn't say a word. This is the story of my life. I've got a wonderful personality, and I can't get girls. And uh, this guy's just silent because he's handsome. Sick of it. John, what are the ratings on The Golden Bachelor? It's got to be a disaster. i got to figure. I'm pretty much in touch with what people want to see. I'm digging through it now. I mean, it premiered with 11 million, which was a nice premiere. Sure. And then it's, it's dropped since then. Uh, uh-huh. it's fallen off by a couple of million. It's not a disaster yet, right. but it's, it's, it's heading in it's the wrong falling. direction. It's falling yes. like all of the participants. <laughs> for them to lose, for them to lose me <laughs> is a dark day in Bachelor Nation. Would you, I told binge you I couldn't get through binge the- watch it, Howard, instead of doing what? like one, would you binge watch it with Beth one day instead no, of just no, no, no? Beth does not need to see that. He's absolutely right. No, she doesn't need to see it because she's probably doing the math. Going, wait a second, he's in this group. What am I doing with him? Right. Well, they're all, you know, they're yeah. all she's complaining gonna about their health problems, and it's like spin the wheel when you get older about what's wrong. So I can see why it would be uh, yeah. not be entertaining anymore. I, Howard, I have one more question since I have you, and I can't. Believe I'm trying I to uh, convince. I'm trying to convince Beth that uh, I'm really spry and very young. That you're still youthful. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> like I, I've got some spring in my step. <laughs> like lately, when we go on our walk every day, she's walking faster than me. Oh, and dear. like when we first met, we used to go running, and I was way faster oh, than my her. Goodness. Now. You yeah. know what? When you were first together, she used yeah. to come back from like your triathlon. You would walk, run, and do yeah. something else to get bike. And right. she said, and she would come in and go, "He's killing me," and yeah. then run off again. That's the man she <laughs> fell in love with. And now you know. Yeah. Now we go, we go for a walk. I go, honey, why don't you walk ahead? Now she's like, like three <laughs> steps ahead of me, and I'm like, you go ahead. I'll. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, JD, you're watching Golden Bachelor, isn't it? Depressing. <laughs> I missed last week's episode because I was in Vegas, but yes, it's every episode is my husband died. It's every segment, every date, my husband died. Oh, my wife died. Oh, how are we gonna love again? Or so you know, blah blah blah. Everyone has hearing aids. They call it ear candy, <laughs> but everyone has hearing aids. Yeah, it's not ear candy. <laughs> yeah, I saw the episode where the woman goes, "Oh, Gary." I love your hearing aids. And I'm like, I'm out of this. I'm just done. <laughs> I love your hearing aids. I told you yeah. the first time that they started making out, I was like, I am, I'm out of here. Oh, You're not yeah, kidding. Watching old people make out is awful. Oh, there's like a, in the, in the trailers or whatever, you see like there's an episode where they're in a hot tub. I was like, I don't want to see these people in a hot tub. No, fuck. Yeah, I wait for the girls. I wait for the girls to get in their bathing suits. They, you know, this is like, this is the, these are, these women are my age. You know, I'm like, this is not good. Yeah, their yeah. skin is already uh, wrinkled before they get in the hot tub. <laughs> yeah, no, I so, can't handle it. Yeah. God. Are you still watching Good Bachelor in Paradise, though? Or are you going to stick oh, with yeah. that? Love yeah. it. I'm, I'm all in on Bachelor. It's a good season. They're doing everything possible to get me to stop being a Bachelor fan, but with that Golden <laughs> Bachelor. But uh, <laughs> They're really testing you. Well, it's like the lead paradise I love. Bachelor in Paradise I love. Almost Paradise. <laughs> that is one of the cheesiest songs. Stop it. They play. Beautiful. Beautiful. Almost Paradise. Everybody running around. <laughs> <laughs>
It's great. <laughs> All idiots. A bunch of idiots uh, running around on a beach. And I'm, the whole time I go, I've been watching The Bachelor for like 20 years. And I go, I see these kids running around. They want to find love. And I go, doesn't anybody work? What is that? They want to have careers. They're on The Bachelor. Well, they should be out working. Show them the Jada Pinkett Smith interview. Don't be looking for love. <laughs> yeah, but I love it because all the ruin women in your life. All the women are in their twenties. They're in bikinis. They're not wearing oh, yeah. Depends. You know, hey, there's a hot <laughs> chicken Depends. There's no hearing aids on that fucking show. No, everybody here is fine. Well, even if they are, they're in the young girls' ear. <laughs> Uh, Howard, Howard, I have an update. So the 11 million is through streaming and like collecting everything over time. Oh. The ratings are, it got a little over 4 million viewers when it debuted and it is now under 4 million. It's about a 10% drop in ratings after the first uh -huh. three weeks. Of course. So, what does uh, Bachelor get? Did he say anything about his aunt appearing? What the Bachelor franchise ought to do is admit this was a bad idea. It's and like, remember it remember when New Coke came out? Coca-Cola, <laughs> for some bizarre reason, decided to make New Coke. And, you know, the, the Bachelor franchise is about young people who are kind of dopey and hot. People want to see hot people. It's the same yeah, with movies. Even after they get married and have kids, you don't want to see them anymore. You know why the Hollywood blockbusters are so successful? It's all good-looking people. You know what independent film is? Ugly people. <laughs> And no one wants to see that. That's why it's independent film. They only break through every once in a while, those independent Very rarely. Films. Most independent films end up on that shitty, uh, uh, the, that fucking, uh, what is that, that network, with the, the, the Sundance network? IFC network. Right, right. IFC. Yeah, yeah. IFC. You know what IFC stands for? <laughs> Nobody's watching. That's right. You know, even IFC's like bailed on showing independent movies. They show like fucking old TV shows now. They're like, yeah. it's oh like, dear. Uh, what's that Charlie Sheen that show? That wasn't working for yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know either. What's next? The obese bachelor? I mean, you know, <laughs> know your franchise. Know why people are watching, please. Slow bachelor. <laughs> Slow it's bachelor. Actually it's actually Slow doing a little bachelor. better. Than the last season of The Bachelor, but by the time this one is over, it will have done worse. I'm yeah. pretty confident. Wait a minute, you're saying that the what Golden Bachelor is doing a little bit better than The Bachelor? In initially, hey? it did. I think people, I think people wanted to see what the heck it was, yeah, and like now, me. yeah. So the premiere is going to do great numbers. Now that you're in week three or four, I think uh, Bachelor Nation is yearning for the younger demographic versus the <laughs> right. older demographic. Sam said she's uh she's digging the Golden Bachelor, but I don't know why. Why are you liking it so much? Sam has great taste, by the way. Hi. Why do you like it? I, first of all, I think you're totally wrong. I'm sorry. I am loving this, Howard. I'm like on the edge of my seat. I usually fall asleep at night when I'm watching shows in bed. Like I, I can't sit up for more than twenty wow. minutes. I'm I'm thrilled by it like it really? i think it's because Why? it makes me feel like the psychology behind it is probably because it makes me feel like my mom has a chance or something you uh, know what well, i mean you got issues Seeing these women <laughs> <laughs> but i i mean you don't you don't find it so sweet none of them are faking it like on the bachelor and the bachelorette no. they could be there for the wrong reasons they want to get famous i don't think these women are doing it wow. to, to be well, famous. Yeah. That, adds, yeah. that adds the depressing factor to it 
uh, is that you realize, yeah, you're not you looking know, for anything else. Well, yeah, you know, you know, these women don't have much time <laughs> to find true love. Oh, they're in good shape. So, so they when they good. get, well, when they get eliminated, it's like, well, maybe that's the last time they'll ever have a chance of meeting someone. It are you in that, like um, that, are you in that yeah. golden bachelor death pool? Where you try to predict who's going to drop dead next? <laughs> no? no, I heard about that. That was pretty. Dumb. But you'll be happy to know. I just talked to my friend who works on the Bachelor. They're, they're going to have burn victim Bachelor next. You can watch. So uh, yeah, you'll enjoy. I can see that. Yeah. I know, Sam. So do you sweet. regret that you talked your mom out of applying? Um, I, I don't know if this guy. I think she would eat this guy alive. This, this <laughs> Bachelor. I, I mean, he's very sweet. So I don't think that would have been the right fit. But if the guy was different. You know, I, I think know. she would have done well. She could, she could be with those women, although they they're very catty. Man, they're I'm with cruel uh, I'm gals. with JD. I don't want to see people who are like running out of time for love. Like, like <laughs> you know, like like the constant. You know, yeah, I have one last chance at love, and there's not much time left. And it's just very depressing. Okay, I mean, I don't want to think about that. Maybe it's because of my age. I just don't want to uh, think about it. I but think you shouldn't it, right? be on. Yeah, TV. you have no. your person, Howard. What? How lucky no. you are. Yeah, well, I don't need to see anybody getting their person unless they're very young and in bikinis. <laughs> that Speaking of which, Sam, how did you, uh, Sam, how did you yeah. uh, do at uh, Ronnie's wedding? Did you have a good time? I had a very nice time. I actually sat next. To, I was confused by the table seating choices. Um, I, I was placed next to Bubba, who's very sweet. Uh, but, you know, we don't know each other. But he, he was he's a great conversationalist. We had a very nice time. <laughs> he's a good guy. He is a good guy. I like yeah. I like him very yeah. much. Yeah. Um, so what table did you think you should be at? There were different table scenes. Were you confused by the whole I, thing? I mean, there were two big show tables of the people that worked for the show. And then was me and Bubba. <laughs> like, you know, Richard. <laughs> and it was a little like, oh, okay. Bubba well, was uh, carrying on we, about... Uh, the oh. Met's wife, like he oh, was like yeah. totally yeah. like enamored really? with her. Yeah, like yes. about every minute with about her titties. And I, where did we see Bubba's wife, Bubba's or girlfriend? She had the biggest titties in the whole in the whole joint. I mean, hers were okay. the, the biggest. And and then I think you know, Mamet's wife was probably the next, next. one. Well, <laughs> yes. well, uh, Bubba said. First of all, Bubba's was talking about his wife's titties on the air in this clip, and he calls them Diacos because that's the yes. name of the doctor who did them. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah. Did the surgery, I guess. Yeah, he calls titties Diacos, which I think is funny. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's great. When you meet someone, they, they shouldn't call them titties. They should call them the doctor's Diacos. name. Where'd you get yeah, your Diacos? How big are they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he was saying that his his girlfriend chose to get really big Diacos Yes. And yeah, and Those so are but Bubba, very big Diacos. Hugh, Howard, Bubba, they're huge. I was surprised. Like on Bubba's Dolly not... Parton level or something. Yes. yes. Wow. Oh, yeah. Dolly Parton. Yes, they are. <laughs> they're not, they're big. They're, but I wouldn't say they're like blind. They were huge. They were. I've never seen anything. Maybe it was like the dress she was wearing. I don't know. It, it, they didn't seem like that misproportionate. they were whatever. they sitting on the table? <laughs> well, Bubba, yeah, basically. <laughs> Bubba was very enamored with Mamet's wife, which I, I don't believe I've ever seen her or met her, but I gotta, I gotta see what, uh, Bubba's carrying on about. I don't believe I know Mamet's wife, but. Beautiful. Uh, She's gorgeous. Oh, there she is. Oh, oh whoa. There she is. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Gorgeous. <laughs> Poor and Bubba. Her are great. 
I mean, she's got I some big Diacos. <laughs> Look at that dress. Man, that's a fabulous dress. I mean, uh, yeah. our Diacos way out there. That's awesome. <laughs> she is a very, very beautiful woman. Good yeah. for you, my man. Nice. Yeah. Those are not Diacos, by that's the way. What that right. what <laughs> mother, mother, th- mother thinks they are... Uh, Diacos. Diacos. <laughs> By the way, if I were to ever get fake, if I were to ever get Diacos, I wouldn't get Diacos from a guy who's on the radio. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, no, the guys are very tight. In fact, uh, you know who has Diacos? Benji, who works for us. Yeah, I think they look fake. Uh, but anyway, here's Bubba. By the way, yeah, what is that, my man? I, I mean, that's I, her sorry. post baby. She looks fantastic. Oh, that's right. Your wife had a baby. Yeah, she's gorgeous, my man. Beautiful you. woman. Glad you locked her down, man. <laughs> well, I was no complimented that did. Bubba that Bubba said, you know, that her personality is as nice as her Diaco's, and that was important <laughs> to me that he recognized that. Yes. All right, let me uh, let me hear the clip. Spent most of my time talking to Mamet. Uh, and Noeki, Noriki, while, you know, while fantasizing <laughs> about, uh, uh, Mamet's wife's, it's his wife, <laughs> wife's unbelievable boob job. I hung out with Mamet, his wife. Yeah. Oh my God. She's like, she's five, she's five ten. Whoa, that's be- hot. Beautiful face. The kind of woman that doesn't have to wear a lot of makeup. Just these set of Diacos that would be, you know, oh. even Diaco would would recognize it as great work. And then Wednesday night, she had like this little red dress on with no bra. I'll find a picture or maybe the merch crit can send me a picture of Mamet's wife, especially Wednesday night. Mamet's wife was absolutely kicking. Gary and uh, Sal and Mamet and Mamet's oh, hot wife. We go after the cocktail party. I'm I'm just absolutely taken by by, by Mamet's wife i'm even telling the merch crick my lord did you see mamet's wife i sent you my mate's girlfriend um her wife oh you did yeah thank you you guys are just sending me all kinds of good stuff this is mamet's Ooh. yeah like she's as nice as she is hot but my lord beautiful i mean oh my god especially wednesday at the cocktail party with that dread with that red dress Mm. oh she had on oh Bubba, uh, Bubba, quite taken with Mamet's wife. In fact, yes, I don't think I don't, I don't think Bubba's going to need the uh, the, uh, the, the, the Cialis for the Rattler. Uh, would, the Rattler. <laughs> the Rattler. Yes. <laughs> Sounds I, like he I, could get I, all boned up. Yeah, JD, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we had to like shorten that montage down yes. by five or six minutes. Yeah, it was love originally that. like three minutes long. So, uh, Mamet, you love this, don't you? Oh well, Why not? I mean, I yeah. I know that he's correct. Yeah. But I mean, why, why do men her. assume that anyone who has natural big breasts, they're fake? Is it because she's not heavy? So they just assume, how did that I happen? I do think she has a very nice figure for the cups she is. And uh, yeah, that's very <laughs> unusual in this world. Right. If I was your wife, I'd be angry. Same reason I'm angry at Ozempic. It's like, wow, she's got naturally big, beautiful tits. And now yeah. all these women are going around with their fake tits. That, that had right. to piss a lot of women off because they were like, well, hey, I had my superpower. I had big tits and all these flat chested broads had to sit here and deal with it. Now you can relate. Yeah, I can relate. I, I feel like a woman deep. who you I feel like a woman who had big tits. And now all of a sudden, everybody else has big tits. Uh, that's how I feel. You know what I mean? I don't like it. I mean, now everybody's walking around all skinny. I had to work hard to be skinny. Ridiculous. Speaking of skinny, uh, Bubba did not look 
very overweight. And I sat next to him and he probably only ate a couple bites of food. He's yeah, they empty. can't eat. That's the whole thing. Yeah. No, he's on a fasting thing. <laughs> yeah. Look, he's on Ozempic. He says it's great. Eat, he might as well fast. <laughs> he says he only he goes, eats a set. He, yeah, he goes, I'm fasting. I do this fast for 19 hours. I'm like, yeah, because you're on Ozempic. <laughs> yeah, he only eats at seven and then again at noon and then doesn't eat again until the next uh, day. Look, did I tell you guys that I had a friend who is on Ozempic and her, you know, she had had her little meal and her daughter had made cookies with a friend. And so her daughter ran upstairs and said, Mom, taste my cookies, taste my cookies. And so she bit into the cookie and then threw up on the floor in front of her daughter. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you give me cookies? That sounds real healthy. Unbelievable. So if Bubba didn't hit on you, Sam, at all? Didn't uh, he's not carrying on about you? I'm really shocked. No, no. Oh, Sorry. how nice of you. I mean, he. <laughs> I'm okay, honestly. All right. Uh, what no, did, was, what was your nice. big decision? Did you go down to the pool party and did you feel self-conscious? Yeah, I wore a string bikini thong. I was totally comfortable. No, no, I didn't no. go. I didn't go. Didn't, I, I actually you felt uncomfortable? didn't go. Well, you know, they were giving me so much shit for it. I hadn't been to Vegas. I wanted to see the strip. The only time to do it was the day in between. And it's, you know, I love my coworkers, but it's like, go see the strip for the day in between or hang out by the pool. Everyone's drunk. And like, I mean, you know, they're having fun, but I just, I wanted to go to the strip. And also they're making fun of me. I wanted to go to Marshall's. There was a Marshall's in the area. And, you know, I I, I live in the city. I don't get to like go to, you know, do stuff like that. So I walked around Marshall's. It was really fun. You want to know something? My wife's at Marshall's all the time and she gets recognized. Marshall's has great stuff. Yeah. She goes, thank you. Well, they go to, they go to her like, what are you doing at Marshall's? She goes, what do you mean? I love Marshalls. Well, you're married to Howard. I'm like, well, hey, she's trying to save me some money. So she should pay more for things? What do you think? I bought a dress I ended up wearing to the wedding because I I didn't like the one I brought. It was $29. And I got so many compliments. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Thank you. they, I had a great time, and all of them are, you know, making fun of me for going to Marshalls. It, I really had a blast, and I saw the strip, and you know, it, I what? think three days in a row with your coworkers is a lot of time. It's a lot of time. Hey, how, they hey, make Howard. a lot of sense. Yeah. What did you think yeah. of uh, Mamet's dancing? Everyone was like, kind of putting him. I've never seen him dance, but he says evidently Mamet's one of these guys gets up with his wife and they dance the entire time. What did you make of that? Yeah. Well, I, I don't think. Mehmet is a bad dancer. He's not the best dancer, but the way the guys are going after him is a little odd. I mean, he has They're probably fun. jealous he, of the wife. I think so. I think no, hold, a on, hold on. When hold people, on. Oh, can, can I finish? Sorry, I, think, <laughs> I think that I think Mehmet is is an attractive guy. And I think that other gentlemen on the show get jealous of him and ding, pick ding, on ding, him. Ding, and ding, I think correct. He is, Mehmet. Mehmet. I, I, I love Mehmet. I love all the other guys too. I do think though he might be in a sea of haters. I've always kind no. of gone so Sam, maybe that's may I, true. May I say it's it's not that Mehmet is a bad dancer, but he made a list of everyone who's a bad dancer, suggesting that he's the best at, he thinks he's the best at everything. The best karaoke. And when you go Let out and see the, the video floor, and you're the first the one out there. Yeah, you'll see. Here's a video of Mehmet dancing with his wife. I want to see because I'll, I'll, I know good dancing. I watch Dancing with the Stars. I, I should be a judge on that show. You know. Let me see. I can't see anything. I know. That's dark. John Travolta. Oh, 
Oh, he's doing, yeah, the Saturday Night Fever dance. He at least has rhythm. Yeah. I can't see, so I can't comment. <laughs> I see the he, shirt moving. So. Yeah. He, he, Look good to me. It, I mean, it, but he's, he's in the dark. I'll explain it. Is it tight? Yes. Does he have rhythm? Yes. So, yes, he might feel a little tight, but he's going along with the beat of the music. Which yeah. Is he the best dancer you've ever seen? Is he the best no. dancer you've ever seen? But he'll tell you that. Dancing is really yeah. stupid when you think about oh, it. Oh, I didn't I mean, say I was the best dancer. I said I'm better than you, Gary, and several well, other you said you're better than everyone. It's a low bar. You, you said you're the best dancer on the staff. Howard, meanwhile, him and Mary are dancing, oh, and there's 20 people on the perimeter, like in high school, going, did you hear they fucked in the bathroom? They fucked in the bathroom? Yeah, they fucked in the bathroom. And Sal is going around saying, don't tell anyone they fucked in the bathroom, but to everybody. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, it's Bubba the Love Sponge. Hey, Bubba. Hey, Howard, I can't stop thinking about my Mets. Goddamn crick, buddy. She got those double deal knocks. I've been jerking my meat all freaking day. Hey, my Matt. Hey, buddy, how about we do a little deal? We trade cricks. You get merch crick. I get my Matt crick. We do a little crick swap deal. Come on, buddy. I'll, I'll have to run that by my wife. Now, come on. I'm throwing my damn rattler in the trash. I saw those damn double deal Diaco knockers. Listen, I'll take my rattler right now. Throw, throw it in the goddamn trash. I'm beating my meat. 25 cents beating this meat. Lasker's beating his goddamn meat. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Lasker's even beating his meat. All right. Well, thank you. Lasker's right, beating. You hey, Ned, are you beating your meat? Yes, <laughs> Gary sent me, like, Gary even texted me yesterday sending me an apology. Like, you're right. You are one of the better dancers on the staff. I shouldn't have said it. And then we go you on air, read that? And it's you like, read? I said, I think I was a little I rough on phone. you. Hold on. I said, I think I was a little rough on you. You're not a bad dancer. You're just not as good as you think you are. I just think <laughs> I'm better than you, which Some is apology. correct. No, you said you think you're better than all of us. And that's not well, about dancer, the by the way. Who's the best dancer, Gary? I don't know. I, I, mm. Robin, I'm a dude. I don't sit around fucking ranking men's dancing. We'll, we'll be in the studio tomorrow. Let's let's have a dance off, Gary. Me and you. You're better Honestly, than me, probably. and I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about dancing. You seem to be the one who cared all about no, dancing. I just said I'm better than you. No, I'm you made a list you. of the five John worst dancers. I'm better than Wolfie. That mean, I be a great bit. I mean, crazy. dancing on the radio is great. I mean, really uh, people love it. Yeah, yeah. I, it's I, really again. weird. You would think you would think because you can't see the dancing, people would be upset about it. But uh, no, it's just the opposite. Well, uh, uh, people love will it. hear how wild you and Robin are, and they'll 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 paint the picture. <laughs> in their mind. Got it. All right. Hey, it sounds like fun. Uh, Sam, thank you. Mamet, thank hey, you. Howard, Congratulations. Yes, I'm sorry, Gina. I just want to praise Sam. I think it's so awesome that you have a female writer who has such a presence on the show now, being a longtime listener. There hasn't been one in a while, and I just think it's so awesome. And more Sam, please. We have uh, several female writers yeah. on the show. Uh, Jamie's on our show. We, we, have, we have many, many, we have a very diverse staff. Get them, on, on, get them on the air more, Howard. I love it. It's awesome. All right. Cool. All right, Gina. All right. Thank and you. can I have one more question before I go? I have to go. But um, would you ever consider doing a semi-retirement where you just popped on like you did when you're on vacation? Okay. How much does it pay? <laughs> <laughs> how often do I get paid and, you know, how often do I have to pop on? How do you on? get paid? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, I don't know what we're going to do when you're gone. So I've been trying to think about what, how I'm going to spend my days and what I'm going to listen to. And I'm just going to have to start over from the very beginning, I think. I have many more years here on the, uh, on the contract. Don't, don't fret about it. 
He's not uh, your, the golden DJ. <laughs> yeah, 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 your pal is here. By the way, well, speaking Robin, of female writers, thank you, thank you, Gina, thank you. Uh, speaking of female writers, Jamie got COVID at Ronnie's wedding. Did you what? know that? Yeah. No. Jamie, oh, you want to give us an update? What, what, what? Yeah, uh, I got COVID. <laughs> yeah, listen to her voice. Yep, <laughs> you can't hide it. I'm probably the most COVID safe person on the staff. And this was like my big, I'm like, all right, three oh, days, mask yeah. comes off, should be fine. And I think I'm the only one that got it. You it know, was like, weird too? as soon as I got home, it was like the thing where the line just turns red, like immediately, like God is punishing me for taking off my mask. <laughs> you know, it's weird, Jamie. Every time I'm up at the station, like I, like I was just there for the Keith Richards thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I go over and visit everyone. Jamie's the only one with a mask on. I mean, she's masked up. I mean, it's the tightest mask you ever saw. Wow. She looks like mummy. And uh, <laughs> she's sitting there and I go, hey, you're smart. Good for you. You know, and, I, know. Uh, I used to be <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, well, the word I got on it? you. Is it, is it bad? This is not so bad. I had it once before. This is not so bad. So far, it's like a shitty cold. So I'm like, okay, it's all it's all right. I'm dealing. I'm <laughs> I'm alive, but we'll see. we'll see. It's just like it's just so annoying. <laughs> like the word I got on you was that you were the hardest partier at the wedding. You outlasted <laughs> everyone. You can out drink them. You can do everything. You uh, you you're you're quite the wow. party animal. Didn't I don't know, know about, about out drinking. I was I remembered leaving the party. A lot of other people don't. So that's <laughs> so right. that's something. Yeah. No, I, I partied so hard I got COVID. So I guess that's probably true. Yeah. Well, did Bubba carry on about your Diacos or was he uh, a gentleman? <laughs> I never, I didn't know. I never saw, I don't think I ever saw Bubba. It's weird. Really? There were so many people at the party. It's like, I, yeah, I saw him like across the room talking to Sam. They were talking for like two hours. Um, but yeah, there were so many people. It's like there, you know, like I saw Gary at the airport when we landed and then I didn't see him for like the rest of the trip. It was wow. like so many people, so much stuff going on. Yeah. You had a good time. I had a great, I had a great time. Except for the COVID. I, I can't believe, COVID like, how did you get COVID and not everyone else? Like, I mean, you yeah. were all in the room. I know. Well, also, I feel like half the staff got COVID, like, in the last month just here. So probably most people had immunity. Right. So that's possible. That's part of it. Mm. But, yeah. No, I don't know. Just irony, I guess. <laughs> well, feel better. That's Jamie, everyone. All right. Anyway, well, so there you go. Uh, time is it? Oh, but, oh, it's almost time for Post Malone to come in and do a couple of numbers. Can't wait for that. I should probably take a break. I had a whole bunch of things to get to, but man, the, this show, you know, you just can't get to everything. I got this great uh, Bigfoot ordering uh, Jimmy Carter, the ex-president Jimmy Carter, a pizza at his grave. It's crazy. I wanted to play it for you. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, and I, but I'll tell you what I want to do, too. I got to mention something fun here. Uh, Then I'll take a break because I got to get over to post. But uh, I want to give a shout out to one of the one of the great rock rock singers of all time, Mr. Paul Rogers. You know, Paul Rogers from the band Free. Of course. You know him from Bad Company and you know him from The Firm. Well, we said to Paul, hey, you want to do this feature we do on Howard 101? I love the feature. We ask um, we ask musicians to play their 10 songs that they love. You know what I mean? And it's really just great. And we let them do whatever they want and talk about whatever they want. 
And Paul did a, a, a great one. I listened to it last night. I previewed it. And it's so good. I mean, he just is really bright about rock and roll, his analysis, and talking about his life. And, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a fun show, too, because he plays some good tunes. In fact, uh, what was the fir- the first song he plays is uh, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, and he gave a shout out to 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 uh, Noel Redding, who was the bass player. Oh, and I was yeah. really fascinated by that because not only did I know Noel, but the word I always got was that Jimi Hendrix played all the parts on the record, that he played the bass. And people used to say to me, oh, you know, Jimmy was frustrated because the other two guys in the experience, the drummer and the bass player, weren't good and blah, 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 blah. And I was like... Are they are they watching the same live shows that I've seen on video that uh, Noel is fucking playing his ass off and Paul Rogers gives a big shout out. Did you watch it, John? Yeah, I was there for the Paul Rogers special and um, it's Red House, the song that you're talking about. Red House, and, yeah. Yeah. And he I mean, he says such great stuff about Noel Redding and really gives insight to all of these great artists and great tunes and told stories that no one's ever heard before. Um, it's, it's, and a lot of people don't know Paul Rogers by name because, you know, free bad company, the fir- it's not the Paul Rogers band, but he's known as one of the best lead singers in rock and roll of well, all yeah, time. I mean, you know him from here. I'll, I'll do a little talk on Ladies and gentlemen, all right now from free. How about rock and roll fantasy? That I played on the radio many, many times. One of the best Bad Company songs I've ever heard was Feel Like Making Love. Which I have felt many times and never actually got to. But but this is classic. Listen to this guy. Companies, bad company. I mean, come on, is there a better clip? Bad company. Add my own touch to it. Bad company. Thank you. I thought it was a great special. He talks about uh, the name Bad Company and how he got Led Zeppelin's manager and uh, Bad Company. Uh, he hated the name Bad Company. I thought it was all very fascinating. So I recommend it to you. Um, when are we putting that on the air? Blah, blah, blah. Even sings a little bit during it. Uh, Friday night. Friday night on Howard 101. And of course, on the Sirius XM app where we've got just tons of material for you there. And it keeps growing every day. Bad Company was fucking great band. Anyway, I mean, uh, oh, I'll play a little clip. Paul picks uh, Black Hole Sun. Black Hole Sun. Howard and I love this song. Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden and Chris Cornell sings this so emotionally. It's so great. And the song itself is, uh, you know, it's a very deep song. It's very meaningful. I heard it. I thought, wow, that's an awesome 
concept of black hole sun. It really is expressive of actually, I think, a deep depression, to be honest. The thing about vocalists I've thought throughout my life is that some of them have got a very distinctive sound, like Steve Winwood. You can recognize Steve Winwood straight away, and Robert Plant, and Rod Stewart, absolutely. There's singers, of course, Aretha, there's so many singers. You can recognize immediately, and you know they mean what they say. And Chris Cornell has that quality. Paul Rogers just seems like a great guy. When you hear this, you'll see what I mean. Um, he really does. I, you know, I, I could be friends with him. I think if only he ate dinner at 4.30, we could hang out. But uh, there's not too many rock stars who eat at 4.30. Yeah, like you. He sounds like he absolutely loves music. You know, one of, one of the tracks he picks is uh, Free Fall. And I love that song from uh, Tom Petty. Yeah. I'm free. Free falling. <laughs> well, you show is called take. You're so yeah. stylish. <laughs> yeah, don't try to uh, don't try to make a mockery <laughs> to of mine. With you, <laughs> yeah. Um, the show is called "Songs I Want to Hear," and Paul Rogers' episode premieres this Friday at seven p.m. on Howard One Hundred One. Howard One Hundred One. We need the jingle. I think that a hey, post, uh, I think post is ready now. Oh, Howard, Posty, Howard, Robin, Posty. Hey, <laughs> hey. oh my. Yeah, I hear you now. Looking good. Isn't why did you um, find? How do you do? Good morning. How do you do? How did you? Uh, why did you? Rep- why did you uh, reference Bon Scott in the uh, song Rockstar? Sir, because um, uh, Bon Scott's a major badass, I think. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's, it's cool because whenever they brought um, uh, Brian Johnson in, the new vocalist, I think. It, I, so I said. I switched my my whip, my car. I came back in black. Rest in peace to Bon Scott. Because I think the first record they did without Bon Scott was back in black. But I'm not sure. That's exactly right. That <laughs> yes, You're sir. right. I think it's amazing, Posty, that uh, you got a band like ACDC. They lose their lead singer. They put out an album with Brian Johnson. And the band was bigger than ever. How many times has that ever even happened? Totally, it's so bitching. It's so bitching. Like the like, I don't know. It's so you got to imagine. It's so hard, so difficult um, to find um, a vocalist that can fill that part. Because I feel like there's a lot of bands that um, you know tragedy strikes, and and it's just not um, the same. You know, it's it. But I think ACDC elevated. I wouldn't say to a new level, but uh, to a totally um, equivalent level. If not, it's it's always been badass rock and roll, but it's just like he filled that slot perfectly. Yeah, I was always freaked out that uh, I was watching this clip of Keith Richards on stage with uh, Angus Young. And Angus is playing the guitar in those schoolboy pants, you know, the little shorts. And I'm like... Uh. I take balls, right? Wearing those fucking shorts. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It, it takes balls he, to wear that on stage. I'm a fan of a good pair of um, 
of uh, Daisy Dukes, a little cutoffs. I've always been a fan, uh, not only on yeah. the ladies, but upon me as well. Um, uh, I think he rocked it with so much confidence, and he still does. I don't know how old he is, but he is rocking his fucking ass off um, on stage. And I, I remember we had um, a cover band in Grapevine. So we went at uh, Main Street Days in Texas, and uh, they played the Jack, and he did the whole strip thing. Uh, maybe it was whole lot. I don't remember exactly even what song. It was whole lot of Rosie, anything. Uh, but he went and he did the whole strip tease, everything. He took his tie off right between the <laughs> legs, everything like that, whipped it around, all that stuff. And I was like, oh, this is, I'm at the AZDZ concert right now. It's amazing. You got you got good by being in cover bands, right? Like you cover Metallica and do all that kind of stuff. You would cover stuff, but then at a young age, you became famous and you got successful by posting on uh, SoundCloud. Sure. But you had—that's how you get good on guitar and how you get to be a good performer, right? Just covering other people's songs and getting your shit together that way. Just getting the confidence to get on stage—is that the—is that the move? I'm not sure. I think you know. Um there's a lot of uh, music. There's a lot of different musical influences, and um, my dad he was a uh, he was a wedding DJ, and so whenever I was a kid, I probably told you about this, but uh, he played everything under the sun, everything under the sun, and so I sat there and I was like, oh, how do I play this song? My dad uh, played me uh, when I was four, you know. And, um, we were listening to Godsmack on the way over. Um, and I was like, oh my God, that record, there's so many good records. Like, um, it's just so cool. Uh, the way music works, there's so much, uh, music in the world and you can take everything and kind of put it together. And I guess, I don't know if that's the, the code exactly is to just cover songs, but I think, um, the code, oh, I don't even know what the code is, but, um, from my experience to take um the songs you love and be inspired by them just to rock and roll just take the songs and you're like oh this song rocks and you just rock and roll you're like i'm inspired by this i'm inspired by that and put it all together sorry yeah, that's the, the key <laughs> no that's the key i always compare it to painting yes, it's like uh when I started painting, I just would look at all the guys who painted from the eighteen hundreds you know like up, up and I go. I like the way that guy paints. I'm going to try and do that. Yes, sir. That's yes, how sir. you do it. That's the key. I'd have to agree. And you, you'd imagine, you know, imagine there's a painter. He's like, hey, um, I only use the color blue in my paintings. And another right. painter is like, hey, I, I, I like the color red, but I'm enjoying your art. So I'm going to use the color blue, too. And then it just keeps everybody just inspires each other and you just make uh, what you think is cool. I think that's creativity. You just make what you think is pretty bitching. Well, here's what, you know, I was going to before you walked in, I was going to read some of your stats. It's really fucking incredible. Like you ever think about this? Listen to this. Uh, Best selling artist, four number one hits, Rockstar Psycho. Here, I'll, I'll play some of them. This is uh, Rockstar. I've been fucking hoes and popping pillies, man. I feel just like a rock star. Psycho. Right, big on psycho. The mama bad like Michael. Can't really trust nobody with all this joy on you. My Sunflower. Then you're left in the dust. Unless I stuck by you. Circles. Circles. 
You hold the record for the most diamond certified 10 million selling singles. Eight. Tied highest platinum certified single. Five songs in YouTube's Billion Views Club. Man, it's fucking amazing, isn't it? It's just amazing. Thank you, Howard. Thank you sir. Thank you very it's, much, sir. You know, what do you think the odds are? I think you got better chance of being a quarterback in the NFL <laughs> than being a, a superstar performer and selling that many records and having those kind of concerts. I think the odds are so against you. It's it's like one in a billion probably, right? Well, I that well, that was that. This is funny you mentioned that because that was my other option, right? If I didn't get lucky with White Iverson, I was going to be an NFL quarterback. Total lie, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you had um, better chance. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, White Iverson was the first just, thing that put you on the map. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I don't know. It's I am by far. Well, I you know I can't speak on behalf of others but and for me in my perspective i feel like um the luckiest man in the world um i'm so excited and honored and grateful that everybody listens to the records and i don't know how it happened but i am so um uh i'm not religious but i am blessed that it did and i'm very excited isn't it weird to you because you've described your childhood. You were like a guy. What's the matter? You sound as bad. Can you hear? I okay? lost my left or my right ear. Uh oh. I don't know quite what happened, Howard. Uh, we'll fix it. Thank we you. We got sir. some good. Yes, we got some good folks on this thing. But uh, can you hear me yes, okay sir. now? Is it right? Yeah, I can hear you. Yes, sir. I okay. just, it's only in my left ear. You know, um, what I was saying is, I'm. You know, I'm thinking about. You know, since the last time we talked in your early life, and uh, not unlike me, you were an outcast. I mean, you felt really bad about yourself. You felt ugly. You felt like, you know, maybe invisible. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it was it wasn't easy being you. Whatever it was, you just felt bad about yourself. Yes, sir. And that it, it makes it almost all the more sweet when you get this kind of popularity where everybody wants to be with you and be part of you, it's like you pinch yourself and go, oh, my God, how did this happen? I was the guy no one wanted to hang with. Sir. And I know for me, many years, I just felt angry about it. I felt like, oh, now you want to be with me? You know, fuck you. Where were you when I needed you? You know, that kind of thing. But sir, you ever, do you ever find yourself getting bitter like that? Well, I feel, I don't know necessarily. I feel like, you know, having, like, there's girls from, like, whenever we were in high school that wouldn't give me the time of day. And now they're like, oh, hey, let's go. Can I go to the show? All that stuff. And I know, I'm, for me, it, I wouldn't say bitter. I'd say con more confused. I'd say I never really quite had the time to adjust to that. So I think that kind of um promoted the uh the the feelings that I had making these records it it gave me a lot of confusion and it's like well I I'm I'm still me. I've always been me, but um now people want to hang out with me and I know that I'm not that cool. Um and so that's why I'm like okay, so why 
why are you here? You know what I mean? I know I'm not cool, so why are you hanging out with me? Does that make sense, what I'm saying? It makes total sense. I, I <laughs> yes, that's, that's how I felt about myself. I just, I remembered, what was it with you in high school? With me, I, get, I don't know what happened to me. I was awkward, and I was doing a lot of drugs, and I don't know what it was, but I was a total fucking invisible person. I was depressed. Well, what was it with you like? Was it because you were so different? Like, I mean, you didn't have all the tats and everything. Was it that you just like dressed differently? What was what was going on that everyone was treating you like you were so peculiar? I'm not sure. You know, I think like a lot of the time um, there are people who feel like they're invisible and no one really is. And there are so many people that love you so very much. Um, but I think for me, it was everyone, I wouldn't even say everyone wanted to socialize. And I, I, I don't want to say that I didn't want to socialize, but I felt like I didn't have the natural tact or ability or the yeah, like intuition to, to socialize. If that makes sense. So everyone would in, uh, uh, invite everyone to a party. And then I had a good friend. Um, his name's Andrew. We were in a band and I tried out for his band, Crown the Empire. And he would say, hey, you want to come and hang out? And I was like, oh, man, I don't really know. I don't really feel like it. Um, and then I would just kind of stay in my room and practice uh, guitar and working on FL and such. And. Everybody would come to school the next day talking about the, the party or whatever. And I was like, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I always feel like semi left out, but almost because I wasn't prepared to do what everyone expected me to do, which is go out and just socialize, you know, and then also just, you know, being quirky is not necessarily cool all the time i feel like being quirky just got cool in the last couple of years you know yeah i'm thinking about that new song you wrote which is the song Sir. you wrote about um i'm not cool well i don't understand why you don't want to hang with me it's um i i don't, don't understand, understand why you like it? me so much yes sir yeah. yes sir that's a yes, sad sir. song i don't understand why you like me so much kind of like i don't like like I don't understand you like me so much Cause I don't like myself I don't understand Why you like me so much Wish I was someone singing that to is it like it, it, who is that you're singing it to i don't understand why is it just to everyone i i think it's um i think it's to someone specific uh -huh. but also to everyone at the same time um is it your girl you're, you're singing that to it's it's a girl i'm singing it to and it's also kind of everyone i i mean it, it the the cool thing about it i remember sitting down there and writing the song and I was uh Andrew had a sick riff um Andrew Watt 
um, had a sick riff and I was just like, okay, what if we took it and just like slowed it down and freaked it a little bit and, um, started doing this melody and it just that, the, that C to, uh, or the G to the D to the A minor to the C, which is like the most classic thing ever, but it just felt so right. Um, and it just kind of came out. This was the first song we did. We sat, um, in Henson and we made like half an album in a week and we just sat and jammed. And I was like, you know, it kind of goes back to that same deal, Howard of I've never been cool. So what makes me cool right now? Is it because people know who I am? Is it because I have, um, is it because I've accrued, uh, uh, minute amount of wealth? Uh, is it because, um, the songs are good? I know that part's not true, but <laughs> you know, you just gotta uh, <laughs> figure out, I guess. And that kind of, uh, put me in a dark place for a long time to where it's like, you know, who really cares? And, um, now, um, I'm a dad, um, I'm hanging out and I'm the happiest ever. I know I probably said that last time. And I wanted to say also, Howard, thank you for having me on the show again, sir. It means a oh, lot to I me. And thank it. you, Robin, very, very much. Well, I love having you here. When, when, when you say you're sitting there playing GDAC over and over again, listening to those chords, was that the right chords? GDAC? I'll go a play minor C. A minor, a minor C. C. I think. I think. And those chords made you feel like, hey, I, I, I don't understand why you like me so much. I, you know, is that it? Because uh, I don't like myself. Like it just comes to you. The mood hits you. And it's like, I just don't get any of this. Well, I think the most um, like amazing thing, I think one of the, well, I have two of my favorite inventions of all time. Number one is auto tune. Um, second is reverb. Um, so being able to like put some headphones on and just jam with some reverb on, uh, like so much reverb, like Fleet Fox's reverb, like wow, like huge, massive. Um, it's such a vibe and, and it makes me feel, um, so at peace and so chill and so relaxing. And, um, I remember doing that song and the, the riff, it, the, opening riff is like if you put distortion on that and like palm muted it the right way it's a metallica riff like it's a hard ass riff it's like this riff no the one before the the intro to the song oh the intro Shit. yes sir i don't i don't have that queued up <laughs> damn i wish i did i, yeah, I can get it though yeah no but it's 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 like it's almost like it kind of is in the similar vein to like the world is a vampire. Right. It's like right, very right. similar to the down, 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 down. And then just the release of that, of that G there. It was like, ah, oh, fuck. I feel like I can really be myself and say how I feel at that moment. And, um, I guess that's a, I don't understand. Um, because I have a beautiful, beautiful baby and I don't really understand how I'm so lucky. So it's kind of bitching. 
And I just, it's kind of all about, I don't understand why you love me. I don't understand why everyone comes to the shows, why everyone uh, enjoys the music. And I'm so blessed and so happy that I can sing these songs and people sing them back with me. And like, it's the most beautiful thing in the universe. It's do you think if you do you think if you hadn't gotten famous and accepted and wealthy that you just might have gone down a real dark hole like maybe this fame and this acceptance has kind of filled some dark hole that was living inside of you? I'm not necessarily sure. Um I feel like it's always been there. Um but having learned so much so quickly and learned how the world works, I guess. Um, you know, touring the world. Because I, I I was born in Syracuse, New York. Moved to Dallas. I was nine years old. Uh, how about them Cowboys? Oh, uh, another fantastic win. After yeah. a terrible last week. Um, but, um, and then I moved out to L.A. when I was 18 with my friend. And I, I feel like I never had the opportunity to just play beer pong or go get a cocktail with someone I've never met, you know? Mm. And I wouldn't say it, 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 it was a, it was a dark hole. Um, but I don't know if I was famous or not, if that would fill that hole, because I feel like, mm, that's not even fair to say. I feel like everybody always yearns for something. Yeah. And I guess it's if you take your yearning and go look for something better or feed into that yearning and say, I want something I will never get. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you think I, I was reading something? Do you have six dozen tattoos on your body? Do you think in some way <laughs> the tattooing was a way to take control of your own look and your own body and basically say, uh, I mean, I don't want to get too deeply psychological about it, but like when so, you're feeling miserable about yourself, isn't it like a way to say, hey, I'm going to recreate me. I'm going to actually change physically my body. Sir, sir. That, you feel that way? I, I feel I mm, I've always liked. A good face tattoo. We were talking about Gonspank. Yeah. He's got a, he was the first face tattoo I've ever saw. It was the star. He had like a little star right there. It's a balls move post. It really is to it, get the face tattoo. It's, it's a, it's good. It's good. Is you it? Know? it <clears throat> what because, was it like? You know, how old were you? How old were you when you got your first face tattoo? Shit. Um, 19, 19. I think it was a little, a uh, smiley face that everyone thinks is marshmallow. Yeah, that's what I but thought it's it was. Not. <laughs> and do, do you you know, like when I get a tattoo, I, I always look at it afterwards and I go, shit, this thing looks really big. I didn't think it was going to look this big. It's kind of <laughs> jarring at first. And, I, and I'm and i like, oh, I think I just made a mistake. Did you go through that when you do your face? And what happens yes. when you first walk into a tattoo place? Don't they say to you, listen, we got to make sure you're not high. We got to make sure that you're making this decision on your own. Like, like for years, tattoo dudes would not put a tattoo on anyone's face. They just, it was forbidden. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, um, 
now, if I went into a tattoo parlor and I was like, hey, man, I need a face tattoo, but like pronto, they'd be like, all right, let's fucking go. Let's do it all right, fucking nice. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like, you know, if I didn't, first off, if I wasn't um, a singer, and second off, if I didn't already have some, it would be um, a whole different deal. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's always bigger than you think that it was but yeah. you just kind of let it rock i mean you've already done it if you look at a, t a tattoo that you got and you're like oh fuck dude that's so big uh, uh <laughs> michael scott that's what she said but it's already too late so you just gotta be like oh that's the way it is that's just the way it is when you walked into the place at 19, did they go like, dude, we gotta, we gotta make sure you're okay. Like, we gotta, we gotta really talk this over or they just did it. No, I, I think by then I had already had, um, a couple songs out and, uh, um, I get it. <laughs> I, I think we did it at the show and I was like, oh, I was hammered drunk and I was like, oh, I really need a face tattoo like right now. <laughs> and then we did it. <laughs> You've said a lot of these songs that you wrote, you had to be hammered drunk. I mean, um, you, you say you got to put yourself in another state. And you know what's kind of funny? Keith Richards, I just interviewed him. He kind of said the same thing, that it actually, yeah. you know, it kind of helped him in a way. Whatever it was, it kind of put him in another state, you know? And and uh, it's weird to me. Keith like Richards is a an anomaly. Yeah. Absolutely. He's going for so long and just rocks so hard. Much like Angus Young. I'm like, these guys have been rocking for so fucking long and they can still, they can still hang. Like, yeah. I, I, it's the coolest thing ever. And I'm like, I'm 28 years old and I'm like, whenever I get out of my couch, I'm like, <gasps> so, Hey, by the way, I got a compliment. Sir. I mean, you're wearing a heavy coat, but, uh, you've lost a shitload of weight. Not on Ozempic. Thanks. You did the old-fashioned way, right? You got your shit together. So, and What'd you do? Because so, you look good. Thank you, sir. Yeah, well, I mean, so the first step was, I remember I went on, um, on tour. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat grilled chicken. I'm going to eat carrots. And I'm going to have a little bit of white rice every night with buffalo sauce. Or not buffalo sauce. Hot, hot sauce, sauce has no calories in it. Isn't that a miracle? I was blown away. I was like, wait, what the fuck is actually going on? Hot <laughs> sauce has no calories in it. This is, shit is sick. I get it. Something good that doesn't have calories. Yeah, I know. I was like, what the yeah. hell is going on? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so I, I, I remember on tour. I stopped eating, you know, like a lot of fried stuff, a lot of pizza, all that stuff. Because usually at the end of the day, after a show, you're done. You finish up around 2 o'clock. You don't really know what city you're in. You don't really know where you are. You're just in the bus. So it's like what's really open. And it's always like, you know, greasy stuff like, you know. And so I was like, okay, let's do, let's try to just do this. And I lost 20 pounds doing that. And I was like, let's keep going. And, um, 
let's keep going. Let's keep building. And um, we just kept fucking rocking and rolling. And does everyone think you I took Ozempic? To... Does everyone go, you taking Ozempic or something? Oh, everybody does. You, <laughs> I have a, I, I, I'll tell you after. I have a crazy story. Um, and you, Howard, do you love my dad? Do I love your dad? Yes, sir. What do you mean? Maybe a little bit. Isn't he a great guy? Your dad? Yeah, my dad. Yeah, I love your dad, I guess. Yeah, he's, he, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. He's, <laughs> yeah. He, he, <laughs> do I know your dad? He had a, he, no, sir. <laughs> oh, that's you a strange question. I, I, honestly, I didn't want to say this, but I would fuck your dad. I'm not kidding. I mean, uh, I'm going to have what? sex with him. That's right. That's how much I love him. No, I, I don't know your dad. What do you mean, do I love your dad? <laughs> I don't I know. He had he had a funny story um about that that whole thing and um I'll tell you after the after the show. It's a it's um what what it's is a it? personal story but it's a beautiful thing. Um Your dad had a, just, um Go ahead. He's just a, he's a beautiful man and he kicks the most ass I've ever seen in my entire life and um so someone tested him funny and he he had a great response, so I'll just tell you afterwards. But I don't, you know, we love. Well, I love dad him so very much. I love I love, you love dad. you so very much. Yes, I sir. I love your dad. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, my dad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but 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 in all seriousness, uh, y your health is good. I feel like you're in a good place, sir. You're you know you're making music. I, when, when you talk about your dad and your dad was a DJ, right? Like he introduced yes. you to music and stuff. Some of the early stuff that you got introduced to. I'll, I'm going to play some of the things yes. that I think you responded to. The first thing I think was yes. Magic Carpet well, Ride by Steppenwolf. Don't know, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, let me ask you a question. Do you love Do you love my aunt? And I fucking love your aunt so much. Oh, you do? Oh, your okay. uncle's sick as fuck, too. I didn't even know. <laughs> this, that might be your the most original gangster. That's the most original question everyone asks me. My if I love my dad. <laughs> do you love my dad? And I'm like, wait a second. Do I know your dad? Am I spacing out here? Hey, by the way, you know Fuck Taylor me. Swift. Taylor Swift once Sorry. gave you a compliment. There was a riff that you came up with, and she said, she walked right up to you and said, oh, my God, that is like such a great riff, right? What was the, what was the riff that she loved? Taylor Swift. I, mm, maybe Circles? I think Oh, it was better now, wasn't it? It was better now. She, she, I remember I was doing, I think like a radio show or something. Yeah. And we were just passing by and she was like, Oh my God, nice to see you. Like better now is fucking amazing. And I was like, what? That's fucking <laughs> crazy. You're a great fucking song. Thank you so very much. Like that makes and, you feel uh, good, yeah, right? It's pretty. Yes, sir. Because yes, again, yes. That's you being accepted by a group of people that you never thought you'd be accepted by. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just like, you know, there's so many beautiful um, artists in the world. And for uh, another artist um, to acknowledge that is a really, really, really bitching thing. It's a really special thing. So I, I think that that was a really cool moment and it, it was very inspiring. What do you make of what's going on with her right now? It seems like she just got to some weird level of fame and success where the, the tour she was on just made $4 billion. They mm. said that she could give everyone in America $20. That's how much $4 billion is. And I'll that, take $20. <laughs> 
Yeah, damn right. I will too. I always take twenty dollars. <laughs> and, and, and what I, what I'm saying is, that's a like that's someone that you could actually talk to about fame. And if you're having difficulty with your so, life, that would be so. a good person for you to call. Which well, you don't, a, right? You know. Well, they say they like. I remember. I don't even know. It's that. That's fucking crazy. First off, let's say like. And then her movie just did like a hundred million at the box office in a week. Yeah. Like what the fuck? It's fucking so cool. It's so cool. And, um, it's just how, how does she handle that? And I recently got to, to hang out with her and, and she is genuinely one of the most like kind, and consider it and a fucking hell of a songwriter holy shit amazing absolutely amazing where'd um, you get to hang with her i don't know oh secret is this the time <laughs> but you guys got together but the reason Do i you ask, love my dad i love your dad <laughs> i told you i want to have sex with him no, I, what i'm saying is in other words, you got invited to, let's say, to a party or someone's house or something like that, and you sure. got to talk with her. Do you talk sure. about career? Do you talk about music? Do you say to her, hey, you're going through a similar experience that I am? Uh, I, I, you know, you know what I mean? Is there a real conversation there about the, about careers? I mean, is there a bonding where you can, or is it maybe inappropriate to bring those kind of things up? It's too heavy. Well, I don't know. You know, it's like a lot of the times, I'm on tour. Well, nowadays, um, after the pandemic, we just been fucking railing, going, going, go, 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 go. And so now whenever I'm home, I'm like, uh, I don't even want to think about music. I don't even want to think about anything. I want to play Mortal Kombat and fucking punch Scorpion's head off. Um, I, I, I think you can talk about it. But it's just like not, but, but at the same time, it's also kind of fun sometimes. Whenever you talk to someone, I guess, and, and I wouldn't even compare me and Taylor Swift's situation, uh, in the same light at all. It's not even the same. Like she is fucking destroying it. It is amazing. And it is amazing. I am just, I'm, Doing what I can and doing the best I can. I'm doing the best I ever did. Yeah, but you know what I realize about you? You know what I realize about you? There's a connection here. People don't know this about you, but I do. Travis Kelsey, her now new boyfriend that is creating, you know, I mean, my God. You know Travis Kelsey because you played him in beer pong. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think you played him and Patrick Mahomes in beer pong. You lost. And yes, the, the penalty was... Well, don't they, say that so loud. Don't say that so loud. Well, hey, listen, it's the way someone's it is. going to hear you. And what was the penalty? What was the penalty of losing uh, beer pong to Travis Kelsey and uh, Patrick Mahomes? I had to get the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey tattoo. Yeah, where is that tattoo? Where is it on your body? Well hidden. On my ass. Well hidden. Sorry. No, I don't mean that. They're very sweet guys, talented players. Um, it's on my arm. 
So you know these guys. I mean, you know Travis Kelsey. Do you feel that he is the appropriate uh, boyfriend for her? Do you approve of this relationship? Yes, sir. You do? He, he, whenever I met him, he was like the sweetest dude. Him and Patrick, like, were the sweetest dudes. And you never know, Howard. Nowadays, you really never know. You meet a lot of people in the, in the world. And what's cool is like, it's cool to see people that are successful, much like Taylor and Travis and Patrick that are, they really give a shit about human beings. And I think that's pretty, pretty badass. It is somewhat embarrassing that you lost to them in beer pong. Like, no, it's not. It is. They're athletes. They're athletes. But you're a legendary beer drinker. Uh, you know what I mean? You, you drink a lot of alcohol. I mean, you, what is this? You became a dad and now your, your beer pong is diminishing. Is that happening too? I I mean, what's going on? I will say, I will say that it did affect my beer pong skills becoming a father. (laughs) I think it does automatically take, um, Two points off, um, but I will say this, and I told I told Taylor, tell him, I said those elbows were crazy, and um, you can't cr- have your elbows crossing over the table. So I'd like a rematch. I'd like to say here <laughs> on the Howard right. Stern show, I'd like to say Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. I am so ready. I'm ready, hot and ready, little Caesars. Is that Official a great sponsor part of, of the thing? NFL? But getting back to what you post, your our original discussion, there again, look at you. You're having beer pong with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, the kid who felt, you know, maybe unappreciated, not beautiful. And now all of these fabulous people want to be with you and play beer pong. I mean, that's that's a that's a nice a, a nice story. Honestly, the acceptance of that, by the way, speaking of beer. You are a Bud Light drinker, and you have famously now said, I have not abandoned Bud Light. And I want to applaud you for that. I I don't drink, but if I drank beer, I would drink extra Bud Light because I don't like all this fucking bullshit. So what if they gave this uh, 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 Dylan Mulvaney a a, a beer can? What do I give a shit? I mean, what is that? Do you agree with that? Look, I'll tell you one thing. There is so much discomfort in life. And I, I have been drinking Bud Light since I was the legal age of 21. And I'm going to fucking drink a nice cold fucking Bud Light, man. I really don't give a shit, man. <laughs> I just want to, I, I want to do what makes, what makes me feel comfortable, man. Hey, you know. I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, now your doctor said to you, Sir. Your liver, I think the quote you gave was, your liver sucks. You know, the, doctor said, the doctor looked at you and he said, he, he said, Posty, your liver sucks. And you, you but, but you, doesn't that, that scares me to hear that. You're, you're fabulous, you're talent, you're, but why doesn't that scare you? Mm. It's almost like... Uh... I'll tell you what, your liver sucks. A quote from the doctor is kind of like a Kansas City tattoo on your arm. It's right. fucking there. Or a tattoo on your face. It's fucking there. And then you're just like, all right, fuck. <laughs> all right. What do we do? What do what we do, you do? do? Now, here's the other thing I got concerned about you. Because I worry about you now because I know you. 
<laughs> During your live shows in this past year, since I haven't seen you in the past year, you fell through a hole in the stage <laughs> two times. I mean, that shit's not fun. I mean, I have been on stage in my life for various events and things. And I'm super paranoid and super careful. My wife even says I'm overly careful. Like I walk on the stage, I look for fucking holes. What is happening during these live shows where you what what happened? You fell through the stage hole and and you broke stuff, right? I mean, you hurt yourself. Well, I, I it's like a hairline thing on my ribs. It was it fucking sucked. And there's one thing about stages, Howard, is they're very hard. Um, <laughs> you know. And I'm actually, I'm 6'12". Um, so it's a long fall. So well, I remember everybody was like, oh, it's badass. It'd be badass if your guitar comes up out of the stage. It'd be fucking sick. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds sick. Let's do it. Yeah, that's cool. And um, the well, guitar didn't, it didn't come up fast enough. Or I was a little early on my cue. And so I take a big right step and I'm like, oh, fuck, it's going down. Young jock. And um, wow, I fucking fell right on my ribs. And that sucked. That sucked ass. Too and you fair. cracked your ribs. And that's supposedly one of the most painful injuries. But you finished the show anyway. But I mean, that must Sir? have been a tough show. I mean, to get through that thing. Well, that's the whole thing. I, I know... The next show we had to skip because I couldn't stand up and walk around. Excuse me. So I couldn't get up and walk around. So we had to um, cancel the show in Boston. But I made it a thing to come back and do a show. Um, because I hate, I hate the feeling of everyone works so fucking hard in this life. And... You have the option to spend your money on fucking anything. And you paid your hard-earned money to come and see me sing some shitty fucking songs. And I want to fucking do the best I fucking can to come and sing these shitty songs to you. That's my, that's my fucking job. That's my passion. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's what it's about. You put yourself down, and, and I get it. I do that, too. But, uh, you know, really, uh, your show, your live show, with the, you know, you command that stage. You do a beautiful job. Thank but you, sir. But, but you. speaking about the audience spending money, again, I, 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 I have to question this. I'm worried about you and your money. You spent, now, the, the last time I spoke to you, you had spent $800,000 on a Magic the Gathering card, which I didn't even know what it was because I'm an old fart. But now I'm reading you spent $2 million dollars. Two fucking million dollars on a Magic the Gathering one ring card, which I don't. I, I was saying to some dude yesterday, I go, I gotta ask Post about that. I don't understand even what that is, because in my mind, the company that makes these cards could just make a bunch more, and then yours wouldn't be valuable anymore. Because I don't understand the market. W what is this two million dollar card you bought? What's what? And I know you travel with it. You carry it with you on the bus. It's this. Where's the card right now? Is it with Sir, you? I wanted to say you are a great interviewer. That was like the coolest transition of all time. That was so gangster. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, what do you mean? What's going on yeah, with this card? It's, it's, um, so it's a very special card. So it was printed in the Lord of the Rings set, uh, for Magic the Gathering. And it was one card. 
one card, only supposedly wizards of the coast. Please do not print another copy of this card. Um, so it's a one of one, and it was supposed to be like the actual the ring. Um, oh, so you mean it's in not, other words? You got to help me with this. Magic so, the Gathering is a game people get together and play, right? Yes. Like a, like, like a, a fantasy game. And when they created the game, they said, we're only going to make one of these cards. And if you get this card when you play the game, you, yes, it sir. gives you powers or something special you can do, right, in the game. Well, it, so so the way they did it, right? So this card is printed regularly in the set. Regularly. That's a weird word, isn't it? Yeah. But this hard. card is printed regularly in the set. And they decided, they said, you know what? The whole deal off of the Tolkien stuff is like um there's only one there's this one one ring to rule them all and then the darkness bind them and they printed one card in elvish beautiful 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 and they said it's almost like the willy wonka um golden ticket so it's just like you keep opening up candy you keep opening up candy and then one guy will just find it and it's like, oh, fuck. This is like so, the craziest card. What do you do with this card? Do you, you just look at it, right? You love it. You love to look at it. I absolutely love it. And I absolutely love showing people who play the game because they get a big kick out of it. And that's like the coolest fucking thing um, about the card is like um, there were so many different things. Like some people were putting bids in like, oh, okay. So we're going to buy the card and throw it into a volcano, like the real ring. And then, like, oh, I'm going to buy the card. I'll, I'll do the blah, blah, blah. And there was a fake bid. Someone said that I offered $500,000 uh, to buy the card. And um, that wasn't true. I never, I never, I was like, you know what? I, I'm not going to go searching for this card. I'm going to really Frodo uh, the whole deal and say... If it comes to me, it comes to me. And there was a beautiful man from Canada who came to a show and he said, hey, I have the graded card. And he uh, worked at Costco and he was just like, hey, man, I just want to get back to work. And um, he wanted to raise some money for charity. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to buy this two million dollar piece of cardboard. Uh, <laughs> and. But is, is, is it going to turn out? And is it going to turn out in the future? People are going to go, "Wow, Post Malone was a genius!" Like the guy who bought the first issue of the Superman comic, and now it's worth like you know billions or something. Like maybe you're a genius, and uh, or this could be the stupidest fucking thing ever, right? You don't know at this point. That's how I feel. I I, I said I told him I was like, "This is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life," but it brings me so much happiness that. I want to do it. And when you do you know, it, I wouldn't but, say it's the, yes, sir. But, but post when you do it, is there like an accountant? You have business people, right? Do you have to go to them and just like, do you go to them and say, listen, I need you to cut a check for two million because I'm buying a piece of cardboard. Like, do you need to, do you need to, or you just say, listen, give me two fucking million of my dollars. How does it all work? Like, do you have to go to someone? Howard. Does someone have a reality check or what, 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 what you know, is there someone 
watching those explaining that to my accountants was the fucking craziest thing of all time (laughs) i was like you guys look this is really cool you guys don't i i think what needs to happen is there needs to be an accounting firm that just deals (laughs) in uh dumb shit (laughs) like uh like magic cards or and magic cards are not dumb but it was a dumb purchase but um but do you have insurance they, they, on the card? It, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's so cool. Uh, it, it's 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 so cool. And explaining to, that to them, I was like, "Hey, you guys might not understand it, but I really love it, and I love this game, and I'm very passionate about this, and we're gonna wire that two million dollars over to this guy." And wow, it, it's cool because it changed his life and it brought me so much joy and it brought um the people i play with a lot of joy as well so it, it was worth it a hundred percent can you imagine the meeting that those accountants had like after they hang up with you they go this motherfucker he's crazy what, what are we gonna do with his good, money we can't tell you know defcon I mean? five yeah. <laughs> down, like, down to maybe, the bottom floors of the fucking office you, they're probably like we should call the institution. We'll get them in a straitjacket and take them right out. You know, because these guys, you know, they're they're they don't understand the musician's mind, the 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 creative who says this card brings me happiness. You know, they don't. They sure. Don't. What happens when you go to like the dentist and you spent like one point two million on two diamond encrusted teeth in your mouth, sir? What, That's a hard sell those, too. <laughs> yeah, is, are those the same guys you call and go? Listen, guys. I need diamond teeth and I'm spending one point two million, so you gotta cut a check. Um and, 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 and even when you lost that six hundred thousand dollar tooth a couple of times, like th- 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 those are the guys you gotta call. Almost you. lost it. Almost lost right. it. Almost How'd lost you almost it. lose it? How'd you almost mm. lose it? On a chicken nugget and then once on bread. <laughs> Terrible. It, well, cause I eat like I'm two years old, so I feel like isn't that the ultimate irony? A six hundred thousand dollar tooth was almost lost on a chicken nugget. Like well, that's, you know, that's beautiful. It's like David and Goliath. <laughs> Dude, you should write a song about that. That's a, fuck yeah, I already did. Oh, you haven't heard it? The, the six hundred thousand dollar tooth that was lost on a chicken nugget. Oh yeah, I did hear that yes, one. <laughs> very yeah, you good. remember that one? <laughs> yeah, very good. There's a um, but I can imagine you having to justify to your business people. You know, and, 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 and say, look, I, this is some, I've always wanted diamond teeth. I don't give a fuck. And they got to go along with it. Listen, it's your money at the end yes, of the sir. day. That's yeah. the whole thing that pisses me off about banks, Howard, is just like, hey, man, I see it's in there. Why can't <laughs> I spend it? I was like, what the hell's going on? Well, that's actually a good thing because, um, yeah, Vegas would not be very sweet to me. Right, right. If I had un, unbridled <laughs> control over my deal. <laughs> yeah, do you have guys who like will say to you? So, I mean, have they ever said to you? Have you ever gone to them and said, "Look, I need to buy X. I need to buy this," and then they go, "Listen, we're putting a stop to this. We're, we're just doing it for your own good. You got it. You got to fucking yes, calm down." They have done that. Yeah, I, I wanted to buy a house. It was a very expensive house, and they were like, uh, "I don't think so. Maybe whenever you." Uh, Open for Taylor Swift or something, then you can buy it. But then, you know, they're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, not right now. I was like, oh, fuck, that sucks. It's like, but it's, it almost feels like you have to check in with your parents. It's like, oh, right. Man. I know. 
It's crazy. And that never changes because, you know, that's the way it is. Don't you own a sword forge in Utah, like where they make swords? Oh, we, we make swords. We make swords yeah. knives. Or, you uh, make there swords. was a time where I did, but I've just been running around so much I can't get back to banging on metal. Right. But with the house, I th your dream is to build a compound, right? You want a compound, yes, Posty, where you can yes, get sir. away from it all. That's the dream house yes. that you wanted. You wanted to buy like a shitload of acreage and just yes. live there and then disassociate with everyone. Like, just fuck you. Everyone, here's my kid. Here's my woman. And everyone else get the hell out, right? I get that. Yes, sir. Place where you could be alone. Because yes. you're yes, so sir. well known. A place where you can, yeah, you can just, you can just hang back. You can just relax. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. You know who's got that? Brandy Carlisle. She's got like a whole compound. She went somewhere like in the, I don't know where the hell she lives, but like, she's got like half her band living there and they all just hang. It's like a commune. Well, like a. You, you, you want to hang out with people that you want to hang out with. And I've already, you know, I've bitched about LA very much. <laughs> um, there's beautiful people here. Um, but there's just always, um, something to do. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes, especially whenever you're running around, you're in a different country every day, you're in a different place every day. The last thing you want is something to do. You kind of just want absolutely fucking nothing to do. And you can just sit there on the porch um, with some unsweet and iced tea and you can just fucking hang the fuck out. And that's yeah. that's I think that's what life is about. And you can watch your little baby um, run around and pick up a rock and get up whenever you think, oh, that's a piece of dog shit. Don't pick that up. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, you, left LA, about, you left L.A. for Utah, right? Like, that seems to me like there's wide open space. You could buy a lot of land there and just, you know, maybe you can have to state, you know, just build that compound. Sir, well, so we we did that transition from Utah or from L.A. to Utah. And I have a beautiful house right now. And... uh I am looking right now, we're going to expand the operation because I want a little bit more. We have the underground. We have all the goodies in there, all the fun that I could have. Um, we take uh, the four-wheelers up the hill and, and just ride around, and um, we're looking for a little bit more. So we're going to expand um, the jam zone a little bit, I guess. So what are you going to do? Are you going to, like buy up the properties around you or are you gonna like just look for a whole new big space what do you, what's the plan here i like this yeah well we're gonna go to another state we have a plan for another state and we have a plan for a bunker with a bowling alley and a carport and a swimming pool in it <laughs> and um, i'm i'm so excited i'm so excited about it what state are you looking in what do you, where do you where are you thinking that's a secret too that's where Why? me and Taylor Swift hung out. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't right? want... Look, actually, you're... I'll tell you after. Same with my dad. I'll tell you after. Because All you right. are more than... You have one acre. I gave you one acre on it. Nice. I'll come visit you. I'll go, I'll go, <laughs> yes, I'll go bowl on that bowling alley. You hey, know come what I mean? on, man. Underground? <laughs> you know it's better than bowling? Bowling, <laughs> and bowling underground. Better. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's the only sport where you can drink and smoke at the same time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good sport. Um, that sounds like a sport for me, sir. 
Here, before we get to some of the songs from the new album, which is why we're here, because Post is not wasting his time. The new album is called Austin. It's available at, uh, well, it's wherever music is sold. But here's another song from your past that when you were a kid, this influenced you. And this is one of my favorite songs. And it's a surprising one that you like. I love you. I had these guys on the show. Great song, right? Ah, to the easy. Is that my dog? Say breezy. Oh my God. That's the best song ever. Yeah, that's one of the ones you One of the best songs ever. And Fat Joe is the sweetest person ever. I remember meeting him. I you I didn't know what to expect. And he was like took his time out of his day to have a conversation with me and that was like some of the most meaningful uh words that I've ever had. It was so he is such a sweetheart and I love you so much. It's so cool. I remember interviewing him and that that uh, woman that was in his band was hot. I really thought she was great. I thought she was so sexy. Remy Ma. <laughs> you saying that? Yeah, Remy Ma. Remy Ma. <laughs> yeah. Remy Ma. Yeah, I dug her. You, you stay in contact? No, she wanted nothing to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> like most women who I think are hot. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, here's another like, song. Get in line, Howard. <laughs> Sorry. Tell me about this song. This is called uh, Take What You Want. I feel you this is Post Malone. Featuring Ozzy. I love Ozzy. Me too. Where, what was the show? There's a good song. What did Ozzy say? Didn't Ozzy say that you, this is, I don't know if this is a good thing. You remind him of, uh, of him at a young age. <laughs> when, when well, I, we were both we're we're both very handsome. We're both very handsome, so I think that's probably what he was talking about. You know what? You got to knock it off already. <laughs> you're you're a good looking guy. Thanks. This bullshit that you know. I don't know what you see in the mirror, but you you know. I mean, it's sad that I'm, you think you're so ugly. Thank you, sir. Well, I I I I think I appreciate that, and I hope so. It's cool. Well, you know, I'm, I, I will say this. I am so fucking pumped that my baby does not look like me and she looks <laughs> like her mom. That's yeah. fucking sick. I'm like, yeah, oh, that's amazing. Well, I feel you about myself. It, I, I feel the same way you do about myself. And, and I, and I look at my daughters and I go, they're, they're nice looking kids. They're really good looking. So, I don't know how that happened, but you know, that's it. Is that what yeah. you said to them? You're a nice yeah. looking kid. Go on, go to school. Yeah. Yeah, good for you. You look great. Um, and this old, but that's how I know they're not mine, or she's not mine. It's because she doesn't have face tattoos. Right. But Ozzy, that, working with Ozzy, is that intimidating when a guy like Ozzy says, I don't know how it all worked out, but did you, did he come to you and said, hey, I, I dig you, I want you on my record, and then, uh, you know, and then you're in a room with Ozzy? Is it intimidating? I think working with Andrew, um, he was like, hey, I have this great riff. Ozzy thinks it's a great riff. And we were like, let's fucking do it. So talking to Ozzy, like 
meeting Ozzy is so like fucking crazy. It's crazy. It's a crazy feeling. Um, another kind person. And it's so cool because the kind people fucking win. It's so cool because if you just treat, it's a golden fucking rule. Don't be a dick. You do, and right. it's just cool because these guys fucking rock. Like everyone rocks. And, um, Andrew had a riff. Ozzy thought it was sick. I thought it was sick. And then Travis thought it was sick. And, and we just fucking made a fucking song that like melted faces or melted my face at least in the studio and just fucking rocked. I think it was such a cool thing. And then we went, uh, I jumped on Ozzy's album. And he had a song called It's a Raid. And this song is crazy. I love it so much. It's very like Lemmy. It's very da 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 It's so fucking cool. And um, I was like, let's, fu let's fucking rock. Let's go. When, when, when you do it, are you in a room with Ozzy or do you do your track like uh, somewhere else? I mean, he didn't cut. He didn't cut the vocals with me. No, sir. Oh, he didn't. Yeah. Was he there when you cut your thing? No, sir. Wow, he so came, I remember, I remember, I was a man, well, he's Ozzy Osbourne, you know, he's got Ozzy Osbourne shit to do, you know, yeah. he's got yeah. cool shit to do, and I remember meeting him, and he gave me um, the collector set of the vinyls, and he signed it, and I was like, oh, this is like the coolest shit ever, 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 and he came up. And he had just uh, had an injury and he wasn't supposed to stand up during the we, we performed together and he stood up and I was like, let's fucking go. Ozzy, let's go. Yeah, it was so it was so sick. That was like such a special moment for me. It meant the fucking you, world to me. You love that when the guy ignores the doctor's advice and just does something very rock and roll and just stands up. Right. That's. That's cool. classic. Just stand, yeah. yeah, and just fucking go nuts. I mean, do do the. I remember in Korea, I just fucking. Uh, so every show that I do, at the end of the show, I do these high kicks, and I pull my fucking hamstring and glute, um, and I remember going up to kick. These kicks are high, very high, and. I heard a pop and I was like, Oh, nope. I went back, landed down. I was like, Oh, can't stand up. So you got to finish the show on the fucking ground. It goes back to what we talked about a little bit earlier. It's like these people busted their ass to come to this show. So I'm going to bust my fucking ass to do a show. Right. You know, that's what it's about. You know, do you love Ozzy's dad? Fuck yeah, I love Ozzy's dad and his oh, okay. aunt and his sure. uncle. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, talking about the new album. So Post is Post is going to perform this morning, and uh, I'm excited because I know you got a whole choir with you and the whole thing. And uh, sir, you're going to do you're going to do a, one of your favorite covers, and you're going to do one of your original new songs. Sir. And uh, but the new album is called Austin, which is your sir. name, your real name. Sir. Um. I love how you got the uh, name Post Malone. You put it into a rap generator, right? You put the word Post. Yes, your last sir. name was Post. And you said, hey, get, generate a name for me. And the, the generator gave you the name Post Malone. And you yes, went sir. with it. Like, that's 
pretty awesome. Yeah, I think I, I put in Austin Post, and I don't even know if the website's still in operation. Um, but that's the name I got because I, I, I always said I was like, oh, Wiz Khalifa is such a cool fucking name. I want something like that, like two words. Like I want two words to like sum up this, and and that's what I got. Post Malone, and I was like, fuck it. I think that sounds pretty damn cool. Here's a song from the uh, new album called Social Life. I'm feeling naughty up on a Sunday. I'm fucking the backseat of a Hyundai. I'm calling the Shrek because she got a donkey. You're saying you, you wrote eight songs in seven days? Yes, sir. And that's when you know it's good, right? Because it, uh, hey, what are you drinking? Is that water or are you, are you, uh, you hitting the, what are you hitting there? No, this is Jamba Juice, not a sponsor. Oh, oh. Okay, got it. I'm a Jew. I'm feeling naughty up on a Sunday. I'm fucking the backseat of a Hyundai. I'm calling the Shrek because she got a donkey. There it is. That's the line you like. How great is uh, that line? I call her Shrek because she's got a donkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, man. You, you love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> That's like the best line maybe I've ever read. <laughs> Beautiful song. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And then you got Hold My Breath. Is that you on guitar? Yes, sir. That's you. Yes, sir. You're a good fucking guitar player, aren't you? <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Uh, no, I, the hard, the thing is, you get in these little grooves and then you do the song in a, in a night or a day. And then you go back in. We recently just cut, um, a cool little like special deal, um, performing the whole record, um, with a bunch of talented musicians and beautiful singers. And is going back and playing that song. I was like, um, I don't really f remember how to play this fucking thing. <laughs> Why um, didn't you... You wanted to name the album uh, Don't Eat the Chicken Nuggets. There's plastic in it. <laughs> why, why didn't you go with that? <laughs> that's what I read. That's a great fucking name. That's a great fucking name. And it's true. There's plastic in everything. Um, <laughs> there's plastic in this Jamba Juice I'm drinking. Not... No, it's not. not plastic in Jamba right, Juice. Right, right. It's beer. All right. <laughs> but... All right, here's another song. This, this is called <laughs> This is called Kevin. This is the uh this is the first single from the album, right? Sir, I think so. 36 million YouTube views. That's pretty amazing. That's it is cool. really amazing. 36 million people watch that on YouTube. God, for for I'd assume the the song they don't want to see me. Do no, they want to see you? Because I tell you what, I can shake my ass, Howard Stern. I will do it, and I have done it, and I can. <laughs> I know, I tell, that's one it. thing I'm damn good at. I just gotta you gotta express yourself sometimes, you know. And it's a big decision to be a performer and to dance. You know what I mean? They, so, you know, so. a lot of guys just stand there. I've talked about this many times. You you shake that thing. 
Well, that's the whole deal, man. I wish I was. You see all these chair core guys, and I'm like, fuck, that dude is so cool. I want to be able to sit there and just fucking sing. But I just got to move. I got to shake something. Man. I got to lean well, back, look, fat Joe. Well, look at look at Mick Jagger. I mean, he, he moves. And, you know, he could have oh, just man. stood there. Yeah. He had to move. That's it. Yeah. Um, the maracas. Here's another one. That's the riff. Don't understand. That's the riff you said. That's the riff. Yes, sir. Yeah. That's the one I would... Imagine that um, on, like, and Justice for All, it's like... Do you know those guys in Metallica? Do you, have you met them? I know Lars and, and, and Kurt. And everyone's so sweet. Amazing yeah, they're guys. good guys. Yeah, yeah I've had them on the show many Absolutely. times. Yeah. yeah. There's another track from the new album. Something Real. It's a big sound for you. Sir. You decided to bring in that gospel choir. Sir. And that's big. That one of those it was so just cool. Put... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go. No, no, no. I want to hear what no, you have uh, to say no, about uh, that. You. <laughs> no, no, no. You're um, way more interesting. Go ahead. No, sir. Um, it was cool. Uh, to that, that was my first time with a live choir. Because usually I would just use like Requiem or something. Um, but we had a room full of 25 talented fucking vocalist singing at the same time to something that i wrote um it was fucking mind-blowing it was so bitching howard it was so fucking cool man it was just like i was like this is because as a kid right you think like oh i have this idea for a melody and you're like it would be so gangster if we could have 30 people sing it at the same time, like just a massive, huge, like fucking huge. And to make that a, a, a reality was um, really, really nice. I can imagine that. Like when you're a kid sitting in your bedroom, dreaming about, I don't know, writing songs and you're sort of on your own. And you have these grandiose ideas and you think to yourself, no one's ever going to produce this. There's no way I'm ever going to get to work with 25 musicians in a room and, and sort of be the orchestra leader and tell them my vision. And then you get to do it. It doesn't get better than that, right? It just doesn't. No, it truly doesn't. Because I remember back then on Audacity, there's a free program, um, a recording program called Audacity. And... That's what I used. And so I just had to use, I used to cut myself about like 24 times, like just stacking layers, like just I'd sit in my room for like fucking three hours, just stacking layers of shitty harmonies and, and just gang vocals, like just as make it as loud as and impactful as you can. But it's just so cool 
to have uh, people come in who are fucking so talented, so beautiful, uh, and just fucking kick ass at what they do and just have it come together. And it just brings a feeling of like, it's super grandiose and it's fucking just amazing. It's, it's flooring sitting there watching it be cut because it's like, okay, they could just as easily do what I did when I was a kid and just cut it one by one. But everyone is at the same fucking time and no one's missing a note. No one's like, this is just like fucking. Hans Zimmer, like it's so fucking cool to watch. It's so it's amazing. It's flooring, absolutely. How long? How old were you when you started playing guitar? And do you compose on the guitar? Is that what you mostly do? Yes, sir. Mostly. Um, for this whole record, everything started um, on the guitar uh, with me and Andrew uh, and Lou Lewis Bell. Absolutely amazing. The best in the fucking business. Um, the smartest dude I know. Um, we came together and made some fucking cool chords. It was, for the most part, this whole record was written for the most part by me, Lou, Andrew, and Billy. And Max Martin came in and Remy, Rami came in. And um, I was so excited to just make fucking music in the, in, in, in the vibe because we sat there at Henson Studios and it was just like you and me talking, but it was a guitar and my vocals with the reverb turned all the way up. And um, it, I, I think some cool shit came out of it. And uh, I mostly compose on the guitar now, I'd say. And for a while, I would usually make a loop on FL. And then go back and try and make the guitar fit. But I think it's so cool because this is the platform where I'm most familiar. So, like, I can't play piano for shit. And that's very important for MIDI. Playing the piano is super important for MIDI and stuff. And so I'll just cut a guitar loop and then I'll be like, okay, how do we accentuate this? How do we make this um, bigger? What do we do? Like, how do we make this fucking cool? And um, I think we're working on something right now and I'm really, 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 really uh, excited. Um, especially because it's a lot of fucking guitar and it's a lot. Of, it's really fucking cool, Howard. Um, if you love my dad, I'll show you. I love your dad. I think he's great. You know what's weird to me? The well, last time you were here, you told me you started playing guitar on Guitar Hero, that video game. And, uh, that's and then true. You, yes, sir. Yeah, that's amazing. I, that's some, that, I guess that video game's good. It got you into playing. And I wonder if it's biological with you. I, I was asking Keith Richards that, and he, he wasn't real sure about it. But it does seem like some people know how to compose. I, I know a lot of good musicians, but they can't compose. You know what I mean? They can't come up with something that people will respond to in droves. There's only a couple of guys who can really pull that off. And, uh, man, I, it's I, a gift. Do you think it's biological? Do you think there's, like, something in the blood? Or do you think it's just from practicing and getting really good on the guitar? What do you think? I think um, maybe it's a culmination of, of of a bunch of different shit. I think it's 
my dad playing me Terror Squad and the that first Disturbed record is the best album of all fucking time. That first mm. Disturbed album. And I think it's all that. And I think it's taking that shot to saying, you know what? I have a lot of ideas in my head inspired off of other, other people. Um, but how do I, what's the best platform? What, what's the platform for me that makes me the most comfortable to get these ideas out? And for me, that was the guitar. I, I remember holding the tiny, uh, little explorer. I wanted to be James Hetfield so fucking bad. Sitting there with the orange button, everything. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, I'm fucking James Hatfield. And I was like, all right, let me pick up the real guitar. And I was like, oh, my God, this fucker <laughs> is so hard to play. Like, what's actually happening? Did you start and on an acoustic or did you start with an electric? I started on a Washburn Lion. And it was a $200 pack. It came with a guitar, a guitar pick, a chord, and an amp. And, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to go play fucking angel of death right now. And I was like, oh, it's, uh, that's very hard (laughs) to do. (laughs) It is. It is amazingly hard to play the guitar, right? It's amazingly hard. Sir. I, I used to be way better too. There was a time I remember I was a kid around this time. I had my washburn. I had everything. And then I grow up i i i think i reached my uh crescendo or precipice of i peaked at 17 when it comes to guitar playing i think i was really really gangster um at that time i had the travis picking down i had everything down and then for a long time i just um stopped playing i was producing a lot more and um I think what what keeps you fresh is learning. We talked about doing covers earlier. I think, honestly, too, to go back to that, playing other people's songs keeps you fucking tight and motivated. And the song I am working on and have been working on forever is Cliffs of Dover shout out to guitar hero three but that's the song that i have been working on forever and i'll get there one day but i like some of the songs pushing yourself i think it's really interesting the songs you choose to cover here i'll I'll give you a couple you cover basket case green day killing in the name which is rage against the machine what a great band, huh? Rage Against the Machine. Amazing. You know Tom Morello at all? Yes, sir. You know, you he plays Dungeons and Dragons. He does? Yeah. That's owned by the same company as Magic. And I was like, oh, dude, total nerds, both of us. And Why don't you like, tell Tom you bought the card so he knows? He should know that. People should well, be aware. I hope so. Well, I hope yeah. so. I, uh, Tom, I yeah, love I you. I'm looking for you. I don't want to run out of time because we're going to, we're going to, you're going to perform live and I'm excited about this. You got a big crew with you this time and I, and I like this. Are you so, going to do, are you going to first do the Alice in Chains song or are you going to do one of yours first? Which, which one are you going to do the, first? This is a Howard Stern show, sir. You're I, the I get a choice. 
Yes, sir. I think you should start with the Alice in Chains one. Them Bones. Okay. That's a yes, great sir? song. You love that song. It's fucking amazing. It's fucking amazing. You it's do that amazing. in your life. Another show? Guitar Hero record. No, we've never done it. We've never done it. But I would so when absolutely... You, um, when you do this today, Post, this is the first time people are hearing it, that you doing an Alice in Chains song. I've done Rooster. Oh, you have done? Okay. I've done Rooster, yes, sir. This is the first time for them bones, though. Yes, okay, that's great. And um, who, who's in your band? Where are the guys? Let's, let's bring them in. Let's do this. Come on this in, This is live everybody. music. Yeah, where is everyone? Everybody's coming in right now. Everybody's coming Got the whole in gang. right now. This is a beautiful, beautiful, big band. Everybody, um, let's go. How do you find all these so, people? How do people get in your band? Everybody, um, I met everybody at, we had an Easter party just yesterday. Right. Because Just because I love Easter so much. I celebrate Easter like six times a year. You couldn't wait. You wanted to have Easter right away. <laughs> well, I, well, you have to you have to celebrate Easter six times a year, and then you don't have to celebrate for six years after that. You can like <laughs> you can like bank them. <laughs> Let me say hello to some of these people. Now I see uh, Adele Stein is sitting next to you. Is that Adele? No, no. I have names no. here. I, I'm the, who's that on guitar this sitting next? This is Liv. Oh, that's Liv. Liv, mm. hi. How are you? I don't know if that the mic is working, but let me say hi to this band. I'm just curious how everybody ends up together with Post Malone. Is that Mike? I met Liv? these beautiful people yesterday. The choir. These backup singers. Yesterday. These are, this is your the day choir. Before, day before yesterday. Day before yesterday. Post. That's your choir. We did a cool thing. <laughs> yes, sir. And you just met these people yesterday, and now you're going to perform together. Yes, sir. Wow. If well, that's that. Did you rehearse at all? I think so. Yeah. So the people I'm looking behind you. Hello. Hello, gang. Um, hi. You, you, hi. Good to see you. You guys all you guys. Do you perform together often? All of you or or is this a is this a new choir that post put together? That's a good question. Howard. We are new. We are newly put together specifically for this gentleman. For this performance. Well, thank really. you very much. Yeah, just we did it just for you. So Howard, you should have been there the other night, man. It's been, what happened? It's really what sick. Was, no, what was going we on? We just jammed out. We jammed out really, 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 really hard. What do you it mean you jammed out? In other words, to see if you vibed with all of these people, you guys sat in a room and you sang together? No, sir. Um, we had a thing uh, kind of set up, and I think it's so cool being able to meet uh, singers and musicians and People who are fucking experts of their craft and just see like what you can do and how far you can take. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, fuck, man. We did a whole playthrough of the record, of the Austin record, and they sang their fucking asses off. And it's so fucking sick. And it's really, really, really bitching. So, in other words, was it like an audition? You wanted to see how they sounded? No. Let's fucking send it. Let's fucking go. Wow. All Let's right. So, go. we've got... Uh, yeah, we've he got, he uh, trusted us. He he put his trust in us, and we, you know, listened to the album, and, and 
we did our thing and he liked it apparently did you do you like it? i absolutely yeah, fucking okay. loved it yeah. i absolutely yeah. fucking loved it and yeah. they sound fucking great tonight howard stern he's too nice to us but. oh man so uh we're gonna do them bones this is a song sure. that post loves uh you're gonna do it live the choir is gonna join you on this i i i would love that we are we would love to yeah it seems like this is almost like the first time you've all done this together. There hasn't been much rehearsal. I've actually never met any of these people. <laughs> is that really true? Are you are you pulling my leg? No. <laughs> I mean, what is going on? I, I can't figure it out. All right. Hey, Listen, you love my dad, man. I love your dad. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and and Liv, is your microphone working now or no? It's not. Let me see. Let's see. Oh, now it is. Liv, you yeah. play the guitar for Post. Uh, you've played with him before. I take it? I have on tour this summer. I see. And when you get the job to be Post Malone's guitar player, do you go for an audition? Is that how it works? I did not go for an audition. Oh. We actually met at that, that secret spot. <laughs> you met at a secret, secret. spot. And you met, and, and you guys met post, explain this to me. I'm not a musician. What, I mean, I, I would think if I wanted to put a band together, I would have to hear them play first somewhere, right? Fuck it, send it. Send it. <laughs> send it. What do you think? Austin? Hey, come on. I say, I say fucking send it. I think, you know, it, I, I remember, I remember, um, whenever we first went to the show, I have a beautiful, a beautiful, uh, man. His name is Dennis, and he busts his fucking ass uh, for the music, for everything. And I remember we were going on tour, and I met Liv um, probably two days before tour. And I met everybody two days before tour, besides the oh, beautiful yeah. new friends that I've made. And um, we got in there, and I think... I trust that man with my fucking life, even though he's a Lions fan. Somehow the Lions are better than the Dallas Cowboys. It doesn't make any sense. I trust him. And um, I met Liv. I met Solo. I met Bonnie. I met Yako. And everybody is just like, everyone is so fucking talented at what they do. And it just kind of fucking clicked immediately. And... Uh, it was a cool fucking feeling. And then we went and toured the whole fucking world. Nice. It's pretty bitchin'. That's a good gig. Um, and, and Liv, do you love Post Malone's dad or you don't have any feeling for him? I do love Post Malone's dad. She has met my dad. <laughs> she has met my dad. <laughs> okay. I, I, do you love him? We all love him. He's so crotchety, but we still love him. He's perfect. <laughs> All right, Damn, listen, sure. I'll let you guys do what you do best, which is sing and play guitars and and, uh, and the choir can do their thing. This is a song uh, that I love. It's called Them Bones. So Post, uh, we'll let you do your thing. Okay, fuck. Hey, Howard, hopefully I don't fuck these lyrics up. Don't fuck it up.
fucked it up there. Didn't I? No, you <laughs> did, man. I mean, what a first of all, what a great look, great job. Uh, I love this choir with you and the band. I mean, it's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you guys are wow. That's that's a lot of talent, and I love that song, "Them Bones," because is it post? Isn't that song about? Don't be afraid of dying. Enjoy the time you got because you don't have a lot of time on the planet. Is that the basic idea on that song? It feels a little. It feels very more. Uh, it feels quite pessimistic. I I I remember like I guess practicing for this deal and reading that line. It says empty fossil of the new scene. It's just like it's kind of like oh fuck. It's kind of we're we're all going to look back and be like, or not even us. We're just going to be fucking fossils of us at like a discotheque or something. We're It's going to be fossils of us at One Oak and uh, the future humans or the aliens or the robots or whatever. The, they're going to be like, oh, this, these guys are fucking weird. <laughs> Could you believe that that uh, Lane Staley died at 34 years old? What a talented fucking individual. Crazy. Doesn't that drive you crazy? crazy? It's crazy. Sure. Yeah. And this choir, I, I, I like the whole thing with you and a choir. I want to hear them. What, do you guys, okay, when you, do you ever practice that song on, on your own by yourselves uh, without post when you get ready? We do, yeah. We warm up and. Can I hear the warm up? I want to hear what you guys, I want to hear how you guys warm up. Can you do it for me? I would appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. And you guys, and then you just yell as fucking hard as you can. And you guys just met, you just, and you got that sound, huh? That's it, it, crazy to me. What, what is your life? What is your life like? Um, uh, in, in other words, you guys have all this talent, and you sing, but then you got to go find gigs, right? You got to. It's it's yeah. it's a difficult life, isn't it? It is. It's a hustle. It is a bit of a hustle. Yeah. That part. Damn. Do you ever do commercials? Like, do you ever go in on those commercials and sing the commercial jingles? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I figured. That's what. Uh, that's where the money's at. What, what's that one you're singing? Do you guys know the guys who sang the O'Reilly's theme song or the jingle? Is the O O O O'Reilly's not the best? <laughs> but they took him out. They took him out. They mean? took the last guy out with the ad libs who yeah. was going nuts. Now it's <laughs> oh, 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 O'Reilly's. And I don't care anymore. I'm well, going well, to they... fucking Napa know how. Working with a choir is fun. Boys. This is what I mean, Post. Fun? This is a lot of fun. I'm, I'm having a good time. Now, talk about the new song. Uh, and I, I should also say, your band here is a, like strings you're working with. You got Adele on cello, and you got Melissa on violin, and Adriana on violin. This is a this is a this is a big moment, right? Post when you were sitting in your bedroom, did you ever imagine you'd have violins and a cello sitting in a room with you with a choir? 
No, sir, I did not. And I right. hope that they... Do you guys like hanging out? Okay. I, I, that's a, I never thought that I would have the money to pay uh, <laughs> for people to come on tour. But I'm right. so fucking pumped that they, that they are here. And becoming friends with these uh, like fucking just fucking epic musicians has been um, kicking everyone's ass in beer pong, actually. Everyone, you guys haven't gotten the ass kicking yet, but I'm excited for it. Um, well, has been mostly, like such an amazing. This next journey. song you're going to do is called Landmine. It's from the new album. Sir. And from what I understand with this song, you, you, you were thinking when you wrote it about the fact you smoke a lot of cigarettes. I mean, through this whole interview, I think you've been lighting one off the other. And you were thinking about. How you smoke cigarettes all day and your friends are taking vitamins. Is that the theme of this song, Landmine? That is, the cigarettes are the landmine? Oh, I think I wrote this next song also for the cigarette argument. I think that in order to smoke less cigarettes, they should make cigarettes longer. Mm. Um, just to, that's my, that's just my suggestion. <laughs> Uh, an excellent suggestion. That makes total sense. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I'd smoke way less cigarettes if my smokes were this fucking long. Uh, yeah, you could smoke one cigarette a day if it was like 17 feet. Exactly. You're so right. The doctor asked, yeah. do you smoke tobacco? Yes. How often? Once a day. It's one cigarette a day. The fuck is about this big. Like you ever meet uh, these people who say they drink one glass of wine a day? And then it's like it turns out they got these big giant goblets you know like it's like a whole bottle you, that's your pimp cup you got your pimp cup for the uh napa valley um but one but, but one of the lyrics post is i'm burning so, my way through a stoplight baby i'm fine i'm just thumbing my way through a landmine in other words you feel like what is the landmine you could step on at any minute sir i i i wrote this song about um being on the verge of like a mental breakdown to where you just want to go into the woods and just fucking get the fuck away from everyone and never talk to anyone ever again. So hmm. I think that's it. I wrote this song about kind of, it's, it's kind of tongue in cheek about how you always want to have friends over, but then whenever your friends all get there, you're just like, fuck, I wish everyone would leave. Um, <laughs> that's, well, that's familiar. <laughs> And you're like, okay, why did I do this? And you just disappear. And then it's just like, um, you, you kind of get fed up with yourself at the same time. Um, because you're like, why do I keep doing this? And, um, that's what I wrote the song. It's, it's about, uh, you're about to freak the fuck out. And I'm thumbing my way through a landmine, trying to navigate my way through a landmine which is um too much shit depression all this fucking shit and then whenever you thumb your way out you're in the clear and then you're just waiting for it to fucking be there you're just waiting for you to be out of it you know post this phenomenon you're writing about inviting people over and then when they get there you want them to leave do you think that's because you're afraid to open your heart to those people? You're afraid about how much you want to be with them? I don't know. I think it's mostly because whenever I was a kid, I feel like I had 
a lot more to talk about. And nowadays, I really don't quite have anything to talk about. Um, I have my baby. Everybody says, hey, how's the baby? I say, baby's amazing. She's a little demon, and I love her so very fucking much. Someone says, hey, how's Tor? Tor was great. I didn't get to see my little demon at all, and it was fucking terrible. And, I mean, that's really all I have to talk about and I think everyone whenever I get together with a larger group of people I'd suppose it, it's um, more let's get drunk let's do all this stuff and I'm like okay well I want to get drunk but I don't really want to talk I just kind of want to listen to some Tyler Childers and chill the fuck out and I don't know as as I've gotten older, it's kind of fallen away from me. I used to go to the club. I used to go to the club and fucking uh, dance to the uh, LMFAO records and go buck wild. I don't think LMFAO was playing at the clubs whenever I went, to be honest. But they have fucking amazing songs. But it's just... <laughs> I think would have been I a good idea to go when LMFAO was playing, but fuck uh, yeah, that would have been a yeah. fucking amazing. Seeing Red Foo on the fucking uh, every damn shuffling would have been fucking bitching. So post, let's do fuck. this song. You got the choir, yeah, you got rambling. the strings, you got your band. Sir. This is exciting. This is called Landmine from your new album, sir. <laughs> How the fuck? Ben, you're a ninja. <laughs> what guitar is that that you're going to be playing? I can play this deal. Pieces we 
What a powerful that song. Beautiful. Just, just fantastic. Oh Thank you. Thank you, know, you guys. Thank I, I, I'm going to give you, I mean, what, a, what the hell am I to give you advice? But, man, you just, you know, you said you, you, about guys who sit in chairs and play the guitar and you with this group and the choir, man, I go see that show. Just you sitting there doing that. That just is, it's phenomenal to watch the band and the strings and the choir. It's really great. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I wish the auto tune worked a little bit more with me tonight. I don't know. It sounded good to me. But, you know. <laughs> Thank you very what much. Do we know? Yeah. Yeah. What do we know? <laughs> Thank you we haven't written much. any songs. Thank you very much. Thank well, uh, you're gonna take you're gonna take this band on tour with you, right? Like, we're, like people will see what I just saw. I would hope so. I know I have um, everyone here kind of suckered in, um, so they're kind of stuck with me. Um, but I would absolutely love to take this group on tour. Absolutely. The choir? Absolutely. Howard, Howard's going to pay for it. He said he wants to see it. <laughs> I mean, what, hey, come on. Let's go. Let's go on tour. You don't take them, I'll take them. Um, wow. What, what a great morning. Thanks for doing that. I, I love watching that. I, I'm fascinated by that lineup of guitars you have behind you, what each guitar does. I mean, it's just uh, the world of music is just so intense. And that is one beautiful song from the new album, Austin. Thank you very and much. And I'll tell you, man, when you're sitting and doing your thing and you're writing those songs, you're on to something. I mean, it's beautiful. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Post album Austin available wherever music is sold. Here, Post Malone on Sirius XM's Hits One and Pandora right now. It's all there for you. Anything, any words of wisdom, Post, you want to say? Uh, anything to leave the audience with? The world is in a lot of trouble right now. Seems like war all over the place. And I don't know, maybe. Or maybe you know maybe what you, you can do. Know. Maybe you know what to do. Or, or maybe you know what. If you want the choir with you, I was thinking, sell the magic card and take this group on tour. Get the whole <laughs> that'll pay for I think like it's a year. Absolutely, I think it's absolutely fucking worth it. Um, but uh, what I heard was you were paying for it, so I much prefer that. No, I heard style. you say that. <laughs> no, no. Oh, wait, wait. What? You love my dad or not, man? Come on. I love your dad. All right. Um, listen. Leave it at that. Post. You've done it again. You charmed everyone. And uh, congratulations on the new album. And thank you to all the musicians here today. You did such a great job. Really appreciate you. And uh, and uh, and all the best. And I hope I see you soon. Everyone, I hope to see you soon, Howard. Thank you for having me back on again. I love you so very much. I love Robin so very much. I love everyone listening so very much. Um, I apologize for fucking up when I did uh, on the songs tonight. I hope everybody has an amazing day. Um, and I just hope everybody keeps spreading love. I love you so very much. And have a great fucking night. And just keep fucking rocking and rolling and keep kicking ass. I love right. you so much. Thank you. All right. Love you too. Thanks, Post. Thanks, everybody. Good night, Howard you. Stern. Let's go. Good night. There you go. Now you can go to bed. Oh, fuck Very no. Nice. I'm partying, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Did you stay up all night? Is that what happened? Yes, sir. You always catch me at the fucking weirdest hours. Yeah. You, what time is it over there? Uh, it's 1047. Three, three hours on us. Yeah, you got three yeah. hours on us. I'm still oh, so up. You, oh, you stayed up all night. Same with last time. Wow. I, I can't imagine. I can't do that. I go to bed at eight in the. I go to bed at eight at night. That's it. I'm asleep. <laughs> By the way, I ever tell you I love your grandfather so much? No, sir. Did I tell yeah. you I love your um, gr groundskeeper so much? 
Yeah. He's a great guy. Like actually. your hedges are fucking perfectly trimmed. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, be careful out there, all right? You know what I'm saying? You, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Have a great night, yeah. sir. Or a great day. You too. All right, there he goes. Post Malone. Everybody loves Bye-bye. Post Malone. It's his wow. night because he hasn't been to sleep yet since yesterday. Wow. I, I you know, I, I, I don't even understand like how you stay up all night. And... <laughs> I'm so regulated. I'm in bed at eight. I watch TV well, for fifty you, minutes. You wonder what what time they get up. If they're nah, I don't know. still they haven't slept. <laughs> well, like I've interviewed musicians. Like when I interviewed Keith Richards, he was not available till three o'clock in the afternoon. I mean I think <laughs> That's he wakes up around starts, huh? Yeah, he wakes up like around one. Howard Howard, yeah. there was a conversation with his people. I was like noon and they just laughed at me and i'm like one they're like no and they're like three is early for him wow you know if i ever get to be in a room with keith richards again the first question i'm going to ask him is keith don't you when you wake up don't you feel like you missed most of the day you yeah. know what i mean i asked I, how it, winter i asked someone in the organization does keith know what a weekend is and they said they weren't sure right like in other no words days. There's no days. And, and that's what I've heard about musicians. They're so wealthy. I'm talking about the successful ones. They're so wealthy that they live a life that they answer to no one. Because think about their job. I mean, like I said before, actors have to answer like to a director. Like, so they can't even, they have to live in some reality and they have to show up to work at a certain time. But musicians can, they can create any reality. Like I remember Guns N' Roses in the nineties would, They'd have a concert set for like eight o'clock and then they'd show up at 11 o'clock at night. They, they didn't even know. Howard, I was at that show at the garden. I'll never forget. I was with Ross because they were on his label. So we're in the box. So we know the show. We know they're going late. So we don't even show up to the garden till 930. We're in the box now. It's 1120. It's 1120. No one has hit the <laughs> stage. We right. go downstairs. We go backstage. It was exactly what you would imagine. Tons of girls. Slash has a bottle of Jack in one hand, a cigarette. There's a million people. No one's in charge. There's nobody in charge, and nobody's like no sense these, that like and no sense that the audience has to go home and go to work the next day or they have something no, to do. No sense that there is an audience. Like there's this whole other world down there. They don't even know there's twenty thousand people upstairs. It was insane. Wow. Well, I know the time I went, Axel wasn't there. <laughs> he didn't you show know, up. the the yeah. opening act had gone, you know, come and gone. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Axel unbelievable. was not even in the building. You know, the thing with Post Malone, he's 28 years old. Like, in 10 years, he's not even going to know what planet he's on. Like, it's going to get, <laughs> like, he's going to buy that That's compound. Right. <laughs> he's going to be sitting there with that card, that magic card. And he's going to, you know, he's going to have all diamond teeth. And he's just going to be like, I don't even know what, I, I don't know what day it is. I haven't known him in a year. I don't know. I spent a whole year not knowing what day. That's what it's like. Well, then like, you wonder how the they go on tour and somehow <laughs> show up somewhere. Well, they have uh, people who like tour managers who are in charge of like making them see reality. You know, but he just I, put together a whole thing yesterday. Yeah. And now they're performing. <laughs> Talented guy. That song was yes. beautiful from the new album. Oh, I was going to cry. I mean, if it had gone yeah. on any longer, it just hit me. It was so beautiful. Yeah, I could have, I could have, I could have stood for that song to be longer. Quite frankly, yeah, yeah. 
most songs I'm like, okay, it's enough. But, uh, <laughs> One more time? Oh no. <laughs> well, you heard Post playing like you know he's a, he's he's got that magic card and he's got he, he's gonna buy a bunch of land somewhere, some secret place, and then build underground. A bowling alley. Gonna build. Yeah. Yeah. Can take take that <laughs> money. There's gonna and, be but... <laughs> a swimming pool down there, the bowling yeah. alley, and something else. Yeah. But the Stones have been famous for. So Keith Richards has been famous since he's a teenager. Yeah, he and doesn't know it's what like... it's like not to be famous. There was a thing I didn't even get to bring up when I interviewed him. It was that it was something I had read. I that Keith must have said that. They say his son is the only one allowed to wake him up when they're on tour because everyone else is afraid because Keith would sleep with a gun under his pillow or something. There was, oh, I don't know if it's geez. true, but I read that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, but even Post is headed in that direction because he had an Easter party yesterday. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, yeah, there's no conforming. And everybody has to know that language. Like, if you're yeah. in that room. You better be able to speak that musical language or you won't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah you don't get in that room unless you know what's happening. He had an Easter party yesterday and everybody's sitting there like it's okay. But, I, you know, listen, I think if I was, you know, I got to tell you, I'm way too regimented. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on radio. I, but you see, I have a boss and I, you know, I have like, it, to me, it's like a nine to five job. So I'm still rooted in reality, I think. But um, musicians, they're the ultimate. Yeah. Every day is an Easter party for a musician. It's awesome. I mean, and, and they create their own reality. And I mean it like it's just I, I remember seeing it for the first time when I was a DJ in Detroit. And I ended up on the same floor with Van Halen. They were touring Detroit. I was starting my radio job of my first day on in Detroit in the morning. And I was happened to be booked on the floor with Van Halen. They were playing Colboat Arena or whatever it was called. I, I try to forget most about what happened in Detroit. You know, I don't I don't like remembering <laughs> Detroit. But I remember they were playing that arena and I saw what was going on and I was like, this is not this is this is either heaven or hell. I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure. It's crazy up here. Nobody appeared to go to sleep. Nobody appeared to be worried about the next day. You know, people have but even Obo in this arena. interview, you said, yeah. did you audition? No. No. I mean, how does that happen? I mean, like when <laughs> like I get, when, get here, <laughs> like when I started out, I had to audition for radio jobs. I go in on an audition and uh, I don't know. They, they, like everyone's kind of like uh, chill, you know, like, yeah, no, I don't know. We were hanging and everyone. And I, I, don't, I don't know how it all works. I'm trying to get someone to explain it to me. Yeah. I don't understand. It's, you know. When I was at my first radio station, WRNW, I remember there were a group of people who were living in that kind of reality. Like I didn't, I couldn't figure out. You know, they were just really good on the radio, and they, I don't know, nobody seemed to be rooted in any reality to me. How was way too practical, yeah, Gary. I once uh, was not that long ago. I was talking to a very, very, very big artist. I won't say who it was about coming on the show, and he called me, and we were talking, and we finally came down to it. And he said, I'm going to give you two days I'm available, which are great. They were a Saturday and a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm like, great. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> no regard for like when we're on or. Uh, 
but it's well. a fascinating experience to hear it and see it. You know, people who live a, a totally created life, you know, they're I just making it. it up as they go along. I love talking to a guy like Post Malone. I love hearing yeah. about his life. I love hearing about his creative process. I love the whole thing. I love that he bought a magic card for $2 million and had to go to his right. accountant and justify I it. I still and, don't know how they make a song. Yeah. I don't know. That I <laughs> don't know. He just throws out a bunch of names and then he says, I brought my guitar. <laughs> yeah. There's some guy named Billy and two and three other guys. And he plays him a riff and... I'm, I'm still trying to figure it all out, but it's a fascinating world, and I really love him for yes, coming it on. Yes, uh, Great to see Post Malone and uh, and so that whole group of people. So good to see him again, and so happy. There you go.